0: previously
1: on Partific Weekly. And welcome back to Parfix Weekly. This is Ryan.
2: I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. And I'm Jen's mom. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We would never ever
3: say, Snape scathed. We would say, Snape said scathingly.
2: 640,000 years ago, that third of America blew up. Boys and just- <laughs> girls,
1: there's a thing called erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, but there's also a thing called Petrificus Totalus. So- right. Perfectly clean, not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> do you own a pig?
2: No, but I do have a goat. Really?
1: We don't have a lawnmower. What's the goat's name? Bernard. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. I'm not going to lie. I have to- I have no idea what's going on. Somebody explain to me what just happened. <laughs>
1: have you been here the whole time?
3: I've been here the whole time, but I can't remember what was just said.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor Bernard was struck and killed by a bolt of lightning. White- okay you guys are the ones who obviously laugh during people's funerals i wore a really big hat
2: and i run after my car
1: (laughs) i've just finished taking a test on what's your seduction style
2: i have got to take that test
1: i don't know what that noise was that came out of gambin's mouth well i think it caused some women in the audience to become infertile
2: oh i love the social intercourse so varied it gets me so excited for the guy This is like the Manhattan Project. Superman is Moses. Honestly, don't you people read? Okay, the two Superman people. is not Mos- Moses. Moses dependent on Aaron. See, Batman depends on Robin. If you're gonna an Moses <laughs>
1: no, is the guy that was perfect. lost in the Moses. desert for like forty years. That just okay. inspired confidence right. in crime-fighting ability.
2: There's like auditoriums with movies that you can go in and sit and watch. Not while on the
1: toilet. <laughs> There's no way we have wank. We don't care enough about the fans to have wank.
4: Let's take a first. This guy's You guys are the most dysfunctional of the people <laughs>
1: These are really stupid
2: people Like I have a lot to learn from these people
5: And now Potterfic Weekly
6: The next time you're Feeling jealous of me Cause I'm so famous I met Quidditch, just remember that time, that we took you to Slughorn's office, and you nearly drank yourself to death, but I saved your neck,
1: with the peace of welcome back to Butterfix Weekly, this is Ryan, and everyone else is laughing.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: uh, I'm Julia. I'm Jen, too. Jen, did you say Woo. hi yet? I
2: said, she, no. said she, had... she said it
1: right after you. I ain't here. All right, we have to do that it again now because I just I just screwed it up. And welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is
2: Ryan. I'm Jen. Oh wait. Oh God!
1: Don't. <laughs> it's like someone's got premature ejaculation over here. All right. And welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan. <laughs> I'm
6: Jen. <laughs> I forgot who I am because I fell off my What? <laughs> <top>. Hi!
3: <laughs> and welcome back to Waterfake Weekly, everyone. This is Ryan. He's getting
1: married. Hi! Let's listen. I do.
2: I do. And I'm Jen!
1: <laughs> and I just turn around and glare.
0: <laughs> Jen... A million points for Ava if actually do that at his wedding. Well, Gem will have the no, camera, no, so I'll be chasing that. her. and they will be
1: like, I'll be running at the you
0: camera.
1: <laughs> and welcome back to Power Fit Weekly. This is Ryan. And you can't do that! How did you do that? Keep moving! Keep moving! Keep
2: moving! Keep moving. I am <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Sorry. <laughs> this thing happened from last week. I'm Shut so up, sorry. Ryan. I said I was sorry! <laughs> about what? I didn't mean to choke through last. Week. Wait, wait, y'all aren't making fun of me about last week? No,
6: she's <laughs> really choking.
2: She's <Jeez>, <laughs> sick.
0: I thought you were <laughs> being mean. I was like.
1: <laughs> she's dying in She,
0: she. I don't have time for you to die before we record the podcast.
1: <laughs> Alright, I think she said hi. Who's next? <laughs>
7: <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna
2: go on Jeez, you. Somebody, Are you okay? <laughs> Drink ice! <laughs> <laughs> somebody introduce Drink, drink ice! I'm tea! <laughs>
6: that
1: was awkward. Um, who else is here? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> I forgot I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's Julia. She forgot her name for a moment. And introducing... No, the other one. <laughs> I'm done too. We have two gens, I swear to God. What everyone's writing in. You know what, your podcast is great, but we don't think there's enough gen. So instead of giving her more lines, we just added a second gen. Just added a second.
8: Which Yay. is safe. <laughs>
1: Because if you know what happens to the first gen every week, you'd always want to have a backup just in case. <laughs> just
8: in case, to add another more seasoned
1: gen. This is true. Now act. I just have to point this out because this conversation I had with Jen today sums up my entire friendship with Jen. Like you know, like if you do, like you know, like after the end in eight minutes, it, like this is my relationship with Jen in thirty <laughs> seconds. But it actually happened. This is verbatim. This is this is absolutely <laughs> verbatim. Verbatim. I call okay. Jen. Called me. And I'm like, hi, what's up? Oh, hi, how are you? I just want, I, I'm rushing around. I just want you to know, I, I was in the hospital today. I'm like, oh, God, now what the hell did you do? She's like, it was fine. I couldn't breathe. I'm good. I'm fine now. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And as she's telling me this, you hear, ma'am, boy, and someone's talking to her in the background. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, oh, sorry, both of my taillights are out. What were you just saying? <laughs> It's just like what
6: the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Seriously Yeah, that happened. Oh, oh god, gorgeous
2: wow. Today was just a little stressful.
3: Just a little, yeah. it sounds like a
2: little bit. I've been sick, obviously, from last week's recording. I was, like, choking up a lung or both of them. And I have a, a res- respiratory infection, I guess. So I went to the allergist, and I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he was like, here's a shot in your butt, which didn't help at all. So today, that was yesterday. So today, I, like, I, I taught. And at 3 o'clock today, I was like, this is enough. I can't breathe. So I went to, uh, I called the doctor and tried to get in. And they said, well, if you can't breathe, you just need to go to the emergency room. I said, thanks a lot for nothing so i went to the emergency room and um i was like i can't breathe and they were like it's probably reflex uh, that's from all the new medication we're putting you on so instead of pu- instead of taking me off some of the things they just added reflex medicine yeah. to it <laughs> so yeah. i had to go to- so i was calling Wal- i was calling ryan and i'm like i'm going to walmart to pick up the dang th- prescription so i can breathe during the podcast got to pick up dinner blah 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 Yeah. And while I was doing that, that's when the guy pulled over and he was like, ma'am, do you know you had a tail lot out? And I was like, no, I didn't. Thanks a lot, sir. And Ryan just like burst out laughing. I was like, what?
1: He's being a
2: nice citizen.
1: (laughs) Jen calls me the other day (laughs) to tell me she's been diagnosed with something new. And my exact response was, thank God. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Jen, I feel bad because I know when you call me and tell me these bad things happen, you're looking for some type of sympathy. And my first question is always going to be – "My no, well, not sympathy, but when, when you say I have something, you know, wrong with me, you don't expect – Usually a, it's – well – Well, you don't expect the other person to start laughing at you. Like you expect <laughs> some type of human like compassion. have done in the past. So, oh. yeah, so when you – she calls me, I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, good, good. And she's like, what do you – I'm like, Jen – do you have more than four months to live? She's like, yes. Yeah. So I'm like, then I don't care. Whatever you have, I can live with it. And
2: we, it's just- found out, we found out why I've been having hives, which is a good thing. So it was exciting, and I was calling to let him know how excited I was.
1: We're having a party, but,
2: but then my aunt, but then my aunt died, and so I was like, well.
1: <laughs> Literally, I'm like, what <laughs> else horrible. is new? Is there anything good? Anything else happened? Oh well, my aunt I have hives. My aunt died. <laughs> I'm
2: like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> so it's been a little chaotic this week. Oh, poor
1: Jen. <laughs> Wait, is Yellowstone still intact? <laughs> Yellowstone apparently is still there. Currently? Oh, I've been watching exactly. Heroes. I've been watching Heroes because
2: <gasps> Yay, of Mike. Do you love it? I
1: love it, but I'm not feeling so good about that whole New York visitation thing every couple weeks. I may have Yay. to end that.
2: We I'm, have to talk.
1: Well, not right now. We're doing a podcast. Maybe later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe later. All right. So um,
0: I'm, I'm not gonna lie, when I was in Kansas, oh God, they talk like Chi- each other now. What is that? <laughs> oh I'm not it's gonna because, lie. Because we we vi- I visited Lady Chi. yeah I went to Kansas and I spent the weekend with Chi. Yay! And I'm not gonna lie. While I was there, I was very, uh, very afraid because. I live in Connecticut. and New England is pretty far away from Yellowstone, but Kansas is a lot closer. And so I was really afraid not. when I was there places. that if Yellowstone blew off, I was probably gonna be among the first to die. Well no, you wouldn't be around the first.
1: Robert from Spellcast would have been the first to go. I mean you could have like ducked under like an old schoolhouse or something and probably that's
0: made true. It. I could have hid
1: I could have hid behind cheap. In like 620,000 years.
2: Oh, my God. Chi! did you get the email about the man who's having a baby?
1: I did. Yes. Um, what's her name? Um, I don't okay. I can know say this? Apparently, something comes up in the podcast later, in Peoncast tonight. Gen 2, Peoncast yes. episode 4 later tonight. Is yes. there something about Mpreg that, you know, maybe that comes up? Um, Actually, is it? It's, I don't think it's episode four, I think it's episode five. Okay, in an upcoming episode of, of the Peon Cast, um, the, the peons tackle male pregnancy because, really, you know, childhood obesity, <laughs> drug use—you know, those things We've that we, we think all at Potter- we <laughs> think <laughs> they have too much federal funding already. So, Podiatric Potter- <laughs> <laughs> so Potter- Weekly is focusing on the on the forgotten issues that are plaguing American youth, like male <laughs> actually, pregnancy.
8: And actually, we wouldn't have re- really have even had to go there if it wouldn't wasn't for Mike.
1: Well, not we don't go anywhere if it's not for Mike. It's like Jen. Jen is the reason we have to go to court all the time, and Mike is the reason <laughs> we have to discuss. Well, to bail you out here. Chi, how's the toilet? Yes, yes. toilet. Right, no, toilet
3: no. is fine. Sink is not so good. No, so, on the no. night that uh, Julia left, <laughs> Julia left me. I I had to go to work and I came back and um I have a friend named Scott and I was gonna go over to his house and so I was like, you know, throwing my clothes off and trying to get dressed and there's oh, this I knock that, on my I, door. I, just,
1: I, I heard that differently. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, <heard laughs> some hey, I was there.
3: throwing and, my clothes off before going over to Scott's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, um. So he, like, there's a knock on my door, and I thought it was Scott because he dropped me off from work. And I was like, "What are you doing?" And I threw open the door, and it's the lady next door that doesn't speak English. And I was like, <laughs> "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> Because I speak like three words of Spanish and she speaks like three words of English, so usually we can make it work.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh.
6: All we
3: have to say you is can like, say,
1: like oh, "How's the bread?" and that's really no. Old.
3: I can say I can say "Dos más cervezas por favor," which is two more <laughs> 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 and "Dónde está los baños?" <laughs> which is where's the bathroom, oh, which is really all you need. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> and so I was like, so she's like knocking on my door, and she's like. She's like sink, and then she does this movement with her hands. Like one hand goes up, the other hand goes down, back and forth. And I was like, sink does sink is moving. We're having an earthquake. What? Yeah, let's she's just like. Up. She's, like <laughs> what? she's like she's like she's like Yo, apartment sink. And I was like, do you want me to come look at your sink? And she's like, see, see, see. So I was like, shit. And I went next to her and Wait, you I thinking? looked at her sink. <laughs> yeah.
0: I looked at her sink and, yes, yes, and she's saying- she answering her door. <laughs> you said you
2: were taking your clothes off. I thought the
3: store so was getting I, good. I had like the camo pants and a t-shirt on. And so um, I went over yeah. and I was like, I saw and there's like three inches of the nastiest water you ever did see in her sink. And I was like, <laughs> What is this? Grass. And it was like, and we have double sinks, so there's there's two of them, two j- exactly the same yeah, level of water. You know so, two I, so I double. So I yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I flipped, I flipped on the um the garbage disposal, and it was really neat because all the water on one side went to the other side. And I turned it off. I was like, ah, and then it came like back down
1: the level. <laughs> she, <laughs> <And it> was- <laughs> she ruins this one <laughs> <while it's laughs> apartment. Wait, heard, he is the Wait, is
0: this the kitchen sink and- or the bathroom sink? This is the what kitchen sink. I had a garbage disposal in
1: her bathroom.
0: <laughs> <is> There's a garbage <laughs> disposal in the ba- <laughs> I, <laughs> I was, thinking, the v- I was the thinking it was a bathroom sink, but then the mention of the garbage disposal <laughs> no. made me a question, that that thought. You no, know, the double sink in my kitchen.
2: Please, why is this woman coming to you with her
3: plumbing <laughs> problem? Because,
2: okay, it's they like get get woman, there. there.
1: She's like the worst plumber ever.
3: I know. She said her husband... Who, who speaks like 15 words of English comes out. And he's like, he explained to me through a mixture of Spanish and English. And I can speak, I can kind of sort of understand Spanish because my sister speaks yeah. it a lot. Everyone and my roommate speaks it really well. I can understand it, I just can't speak it really well. And so she, he explains to me that the management company has told him that all the plumbing in the apartments are connected because, and he goes, um, so, like, if you, his sink is blocked up, there's a good likelihood that my sink is blocked up, too. And I was like, well, That's shit. the worst design I ever. <laughs> I walked over, and sure enough, That's there's, like, the fit. same <laughs> amount of water in my sinks as there was in this woman's sink. I was like, shit. Who built so, this building? I don't know. Dumb and dumber. And so they <laughs> they they can't make themselves understood to the maintenance guy. So they had me call him and he loves me. <laughs>
1: like he is, also, is this the same guy that replaced your toilet four times?
3: Yeah, it's the same guy.
1: <laughs> I just do so, like a montage of cheese plumbing issues.
3: Like he comes, he comes over and I give him pizza and we have conversations. <laughs> He's here all the time. Is he so around like,
2: your age?
3: Uh, yeah, he's a little bit older than me, so I called okay. the main. Is this guy like a was, like,
1: potential, you know, like Lord Chi, or is this not really? No, it, uh... not
3: even. Not even, not even. He'd, he'd have to learn how to wear a belt. Let's just put it
2: that way. So he, <laughs> he's a plumber. They're pre-wired.
3: Exactly. So he, I called him, and he's like. Well, you know, whoever designed these buildings was a real genius, and I was like, "Yeah, there seems to be a lot of that going around lately because he's not very smart." And
2: we this conversation. And
3: um, anyway, he's like, "Well, there's nothing I can do about it, but I'll come over and look at it anyway." And I was like, "What?" <laughs>
6: he's
3: like, "Well, he's like, what do you want me to do?" I was like, "Okay, if you feel like you have to come look at it, it's like water." It's nasty water, but it's ten o'clock at night. If you have nothing better to do, whatever. So he comes over and he like rattles on my pipes for a little bit, and then he goes next door and he like rattles on their pipes for a little bit, and he's he like, "You know yep, what they're he's doing?" <laughs> he's like, "Yep, they're clogged." And I was like, "I told you that." <laughs> oh! and is mad, and so he then proceeds to go up and tell all of my neighbors up door, like everybody in the building now cannot use their sinks. Because the plumbing is that messed up. So anyway, he comes in the next morning with Pedro the plumber, and Pedro the plumber, who is not just a maintenance guy but an actual plumber, fixes my pipes. <laughs> well, this so, the first guy? <laughs> oh, so, that's Matt, the maintenance guy. And So he leaves, and I go to work, and my sister comes in, and she's like, she calls me, she's like, was the maintenance guy here today? And I was like, yeah. Because this is how our relationship works. Amanda yells, and then I have to deal with the professionals. She's like, he left water all over the floor, and he didn't do his job right. And you just need to call him and have him come back over here. And you need to watch him this time, because he doesn't know how to do his job if you don't watch him. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I called him again, and I was like, you know, uh, my sister's really upset. There's water all over the floor. So the next day, he comes in with a different guy, and this is Bob the Plumber. I'm not lying. It's Bob the Plumber. <laughs> Did Pedro get and, fired? (laughs) so bob was bob actually is the company that they normally use but they aren't and they don't do um they aren't open on mondays so they had to call pedro's company and they aren't very happy with pedro's company apparently so bob's company comes over and it's bob the plumber and bob's like well he's he goes well it shouldn't have done this if he fixed it it shouldn't have done this um so it's probably still broken, and then the genius. comes kind of many you
1: have working for you in Kansas? I don't know. It's still broken. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. I
3: know. Okay, so then he turns on my sink, and he's like under, like uh, underneath by the pipes. He has me turn it on, and a stream of water hits him right in the face. And I start doing it dance <laughs> <up laughs> because i think it's, like justice from
6: above, right? Justice. <laughs> <mean>, I mean,
1: <laughs> Are you like Vernon joyously like, justice.
6: <laughs> Just. <laughs> so
3: he goes. Just. He goes, do you have, like, a bowl or a towel or something? And I was like, yeah. Because I was <laughs> laughing really hard at this point. When I got him a bowl and a towel, and he goes, well. And then he looks up at me, and I swear to God, this is what he said. He goes, it looks like your trap is broken. Do you have an extra sink trap? And I looked at him
2: and I was like. What is a sink trap? <laughs> what the <hell> is sink <laughs> trap? It's like a bear trap or something. No, it's the thing that
1: you put in your, in your sink to hold the food crumbs back, right?
3: Exactly. No. Well, yeah, it's some part of the sink. I don't know. I don't care. And no, isn't like, this
0: the thing that you put, <laughs> that you put, in, the, you put in the sink itself? I don't itself? care, Ryan. <laughs> I guess. He's like, well, your trap is good. Do you have an extra one? And I looked at him and I was
3: like, do I look like somebody that has sink traps? Like Ryan, would I live somewhere with 24-hour maintenance if I knew what a sink trap was?
2: That's you like I when I wanted look- Ryan to take the door to the place. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like no so okay then anyway he came in and he fixed it but that was my
1: adventure with the oh that's not what the sink trap is I'm sorry I've googled images of a sink trap why are we doing this we're doing (laughs) a podcast is
0: it like a bear trap no
2: yes
1: there's a bear trap underneath the sink (laughs) Julia what happened to you on American Airlines
0: yeah see the thing is I was getting a little bit concerned I was like Keza I was getting really concerned that I had signed up to guest host a couple episodes and like nothing horrific had happened to me so I was getting really worried Oh no, but then then I went to visit Lady Chi. And she and I actually had a we had a really nice weekend. We had fun, we went to the zoo in ten degree in weather. Lego, we looked for a lemur. We, yes, we, but we looked very, very hard for the lemur in the zoo, but we couldn't find one because it was ten degrees outside, and so the lemur was somewhere where it was warmer than ten degrees. Cause he, unlike us, was not an idiot, decided, gee, it's ten degrees outside. You know what would be a really good idea today? the zoo. <laughs> yeah, see, the lemur in this instance was smarter than us. Um, yes. Like, two heads of house right here, guys. woo So <laughs> So, although, wait, I wasn't head of house at the time. I became head of house that afternoon, yes. but whatever. Anyway. Yeah, anyway.
1: I called her at the zoo to offer her the position because I felt bad about the lemur. Thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, this but we true. didn't get the message because she's phone was at Applebee's. <laughs> What? <laughs> she left her phone at Applebee's, only she didn't realize this until after we had gone to buy the after we had gone to the zoo and after we had gone to buy the Kool-Aid. So we were like running around looking for Cheese phone and when she got it back, the first thing she said to me was, um, we have to call Ryan. There's been some sort of emergency on
1: <laughs> Uh... It happens every couple of days, folks. Don't worry. We you. Yeah. That.
2: We live in a constant this manner. Is how bad, this is like how
1: screwed <laughs> up we are as a community when we call Chi for support. Chi, <laughs> <laughs> <Shane, laughs> we need you. We're coming apart. <laughs> well, no, Chi is our glue. That's just, I don't know. She is. We,
2: the forums would not function.
1: <laughs> you never no.
2: We all know what happens when Jen is left in control.
0: By in charge. <laughs> when you're left in control, you go to the movies <laughs> and leave Chi in control. Well, you know, I, like, know,
1: I am. Jen's here's stuff. the thing, because Jen has now watched up to season three of Battlestar Galactica. I am uh, command. I am, <laughs> yes. I am Adama. I am Adama. I am the God. cool lever. We need level, a Kool-Aid shot. I, okay, I am the level-headed leader.
6: Uh-huh. Jen <laughs> no, is sorry. Colonel Ty. I
1: when it. I get shot, the place goes to hell.
2: <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> I love you.
2: Anyway. I did finish it, by the way. Okay. You
1: you finished the whole anyway. thing?
2: The whole season. Really? Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah.
0: So um, my flight was supposed to go. American Airlines, you have to understand hubs in Chicago, which means that you cannot get a flight from anywhere to anywhere without stopping either in Chicago or Dallas. And I was scheduled to fly from Kansas City, Missouri, which by the way is a good two and a half hours away from Manhattan, Kansas, which is where she lives. So I was scheduled to fly from Kansas City to Chicago to LaGuardia, which is one of the New York airports. So what wait, what time was it she? It must have been like six in the morning. My flight was at like ten o'clock. So like six in the morning She and I got in the car and were also to go to take me to the airport when my phone rings. And it was American Airlines telling me that my flight from Kansas City to Chicago had been canceled and that they had instead put me on the 7 o'clock flight from uh, Kansas City to Chicago and that I would be getting into LaGuardia at around midnight, 1230 in the morning-ish, which – pleased my father to no end because the poor guy was then going to have to schlep out from New Haven, Connecticut, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from LaGuardia to pick me up at, at midnight, which I'm sure just thrilled him half to pieces. Yeah. So we get this, yeah, we, first thing we do is we thank God the American Airlines caught us before we actually went anywhere. Like we had literally just put my suitcase in the car when they called. Well, they usually do. They usually catch you, try to catch you like three hours before your flight or so, um, yeah. which was good. Yeah. So this happens. I go back into Chi's apartment, and I'm very happy because I get an extra day with Chi. Which the two of us—guess what we did during our extra day? What's that? We slept. No, no, uh, better than that. We she sat on one side of the living room with her laptop. <laughs> I sat on the other side of the
1: living room oh God, with my laptop, you went on the forum. and we were on the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you flew to meet her in person, and you typed on the same forum, just in the yep. same room. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what else we did? You know what else we did that day, which we wouldn't have gotten to do otherwise? We called Etai together and Jen and the- together. S- Yes, but calling it Etai together was so much fun. Oh my god! This I have to say, Etai is like my greatest contribution to Puffwa. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the time itai. I'm on <laughs> Puffla all the time. Head of house, I have like the fourth most post. And what's my greatest contribution to
1: this place? Etai. Etai, <laughs> if you're listening to this, buddy, I have your message. I will write back to you soon. I I wrote...
2: just love that we just now learned how. To, like, I'm glad that we say his name right now.
1: We've been mispronouncing Etai. <laughs> that was.
2: How do you mispronounce no, that? We did forever. Don't you remember? We were like Itay and...
0: Don't Itay, you remember? Itay. It was worse than cheese uh, name. Awesome. Yes. I, mean, I never had that problem because when he introduced himself to me the first time I met him in college, he was just like, I'm Itay. Oh, you know him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't know this? Yeah, Itay I didn't know I'm... you know-know him. I, I know. Oh. <laughs> I know Itay. Itay, oh. and I are... Itay and I are friends um, from before Puffwa. He, um... Is, I didn't know. Yep, see, the thing with Itai is that he lives now in Oakland, California, but he grew up in Connecticut. And as a result, he went to the University of Connecticut for both his bachelor's and his master's. And in the last year of his master's, I was a freshman um, undergrad, and we met, and we became friends that way. And mm-hmm. this is, this is mm-hmm. how we knew each other. And we discovered that um, we were both into Harry Potter, and so I immediately tried to get him to read after the end. And work? then he didn't. He didn't. He literally ignored me when I kept talking about after the end. He ignored me for two years. And then, like, no, he ignored me, he ignored me longer than that. But he, he ignored me. And, like, two years later, I discovered Pottercast. And I was like, Itai, oh, my God, I found the greatest thing ever. You have to listen to this thing. It's called Pottercast. You're going to love it. It's They talk about Harry Potter in your iPod. It's amazing. You're
1: going to love it. In your iPod. <laughs> That's like I explain email to my mother.
2: Ryan like, explained what a podcast was to me. I was like, "What's a?" Podcast?
1: After yeah, we're hosting Barvic Weekly, I do yeah, explain to yeah. her what a <laughs> podcast.
0: I told, you mean I, told him like, to this? I told him like, "Itai, just, just trust me." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, when I get time, whatever, all right." So, couple, a couple months later, this must have been in like Janu- late, like late December, early January of um oh six oh seven. I get a call one day from him, and I'm, and he goes, "Julia, oh my god." I finally listened to Pottercast, and I'm like, "Freaking took you long enough!" And he <laughs> goes, "This is uh, amazing. How did you let me live without this for so long?" <laughs> I'm like, he's "You idiot! I've been telling you for three months, telling you to listen, and uh, to listen, and finally you listen to me, and then you blame me for not letting you in the, on the secret earlier. Thanks, love."
1: So, and he's right after find- the end.
0: Not yet. Ugh. This was. I can't believe the- that. I was telling him then that I had, I was listening to this other podcast called Potterfic Weekly, and the first thing he says to me is, "How many episodes do I have to listen to to catch up?" And I was like, "No," he goes, "What do you mean no?" I'm like, N- "No," he goes, uh, "Okay," I'm like, "You're not allowed to listen to Potterfic Weekly until you read after the end." And he goes, "What's after the end?" <laughs> I'm like oh, like been, <laughs> that fic I've been bugging you to read for the past three years that I've been telling you is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know that one? He goes. Oh. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: God, that's oh, that's so like... Okay. We have the funnest
1: group of people ever, anywhere.
0: Love I know. And then he reads it. And then the next thing I know, it was he like... He did read it. Un- he did. Okay. And then at like some ungodly hour, <laughs> I get a phone call from him going, Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I'm just sitting there going, if you had listened to me two years ago, you would I know. have known this stuff. was
2: the whole time.
0: And, so, and then he started listening to to the podcast. And then he joined the he forums. Just- And that is how you all my detail. But basically what happened is that I get to the airport and plenty of time for my seven o'clock flight, and I go to check in and get my ticket, and the agent is like So the flight the first leg of your flight from Kansas City to Chicago is delayed. The second leg of your flight from Chicago to LaGuardia is not delayed. So if we put you on the first flight, you're gonna miss the second flight. And I'm like well shit what can we do <laughs> <laughs> what can we do to change this this situation and this gate agent like is looking this flight that flight she tried to send me through dallas denver cincinnati atlanta oh, okay. denver. denver everything she tried to send me Denver's on like american on like american continental, continental. delta Every airline she could think of. And then when nothing worked, I was like, well, let's try to go into a different airport. Like, okay, so we try – I was supposed to get into LaGuardia. So we tried Newark, JFK, Hartford, Boston, Providence, like Newburgh, like literally everywhere within a five-mile driving radius of my house.
1: Five-mile? Five-hour. Five-hour, I meant. okay.
0: Five hour. Oh my God, right you're conveniently
1: here. located.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, we tried, we tried literally everything, every airline, every destination we could think of, and we got nothing. And I'm sitting there going, shit, this sucks. What am I going to do? And American was By like, well, you have two choices. You can either go halfway and we'll put you up at a hotel in Chicago, or you can stay the night in Kansas City and we'll put you up in a hotel like 10 minutes from the airport. And I'm like, all right. Fine, I will stay the night in Kansas City and you can pay for my hotel room. And by the way, instead of flying into LaGuardia tomorrow, can I please fly into Hartford? You know, it's closer to where I live. It'll be a lot easier on my dad who has to come and pick me up in the middle of the day. So she was like, yeah, fine, no problem. We'll get you into Hartford tomorrow uh, at around one-ish. So I'm like, great. So I spent the night in the hotel doing pretty much exactly what I would have done at home anyway, which is like watch television, sleep really early and spend the evening on Puffwa. That was a fun night. (laughs)
6: <laughs> yeah, it's my day.
0: Actually no, I didn't I didn't do I didn't get to spend the evening on purpose because my computer was failing at life. But I fell asleep really early anyway. So the next morning, 4:30 a.m. central time, I get up and I get um on the shuttle. I go to the airport, get on my flight. My flight from Kansas City to Chicago, completely uneventful, no problems, like thank God, finally something goes right. <laughs> so then I get I get to Chicago and I go to the gate <clears throat> for the second leg keep going i go to the gate for the second leg and they're like there's been a gate change you know no big deal we're just waiting for another flight to get in at this gate it's been delayed so we're going to put you to this gate over here I'm like all right fine so i go to the second gate and there's a whole bunch of people there and i'm like what's going on and they're like well this flight to grand rapids was delayed because the plane is here but there's maintenance problems on the plane to grand rapids so you guys um just hang out And we might change your gate again if this Grand Rapids flight is delayed much longer. So I'm like, all right, I'm sitting, I'm sitting. And then finally they're like, "Um, gate change for Hartford. You're now like on the other end of the airport. And I'm sitting there like, oh, for the love of God, fine. Go to the other end of the airport. And I'm sitting there and then they're like, so the plane's not here yet. (laughs) There were some technical issues. Oh, my God.
2: You're getting on the plane that has three wheels.
0: Yeah, there are some technical issues getting on the plane on the plane and the other end on the Hello? flight it's coming from. So I'm sitting in Chicago, and then the plane gets there. But then the crew was was delayed even more than the plane because the crew was coming in on another flight and this, that, and the other thing. But yeah.
1: not the Okay, but not the crew that flew the first plane in. No, this is a awkward. different okay. – That would be awkward. Okay.
0: <laughs> that would be incredibly awkward. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different crew. So the, crew, the crews were delayed, and it was very bad. And meanwhile, I'm sitting next to this woman who was like, trying to get to – I don't even know where she was going, but she was going somewhere for a meeting and she was getting really, really impatient and like every three seconds going, sir, sir, is, is the crew here yet? Mm-hmm. Sir, is is the plane fixed? Sir, what's going on? Sir, is there any chance that I can get into Hartford like somewhere within kind of near where I need to be because I have a meeting to go to? Like this woman like seriously thought that nudging the gate, off, the gate agent would make the flight get there sooner. And I'm just like, oh, God, just shut up. Jesus exactly Christ. Like, the flight will do. get here. The flight will get here when it gets here. And whining isn't going to make it get any faster. Just be quiet. And uh, and then the best part is that I then got stuck next to this woman when I finally did get on the plane, which happened shortly thereafter. So we get on the plane, and then they had to get the wings de-iced. So that took, like,
2: <laughs> another oh 20 my minutes. gosh. de You get out there De-ice. with, like, a scraper?
0: <laughs> I don't know how they do it. But, Jen, what? seriously – Chicago was under two feet of snow that day. Oh, my god. So having to de-ice the wings was really, like, it took 20 minutes. It was not a big deal. But meanwhile, this woman next to me was, like, going out of her mind because she was, like, she was going to miss her meeting. And she's sitting there calling this person, calling that person, going... You know, O'Hare, Chicago Airport, and American Airlines are just so stupid. I mean, why couldn't they just get the plane and just get going when they were supposed to, and I would make my meeting, and I'm so sorry. I don't think I'm going to make it, but, like, I'm already on the flight. Maybe I'll just ask and see if I can get off. Hold on a sec. I'll call you right back. She gets off the phone, calls the flight ten over, and goes, I would really like to get off the plane, <laughs> and, like, meanwhile... We were, like, ready to go. We had, like, closed the doors. We were, like, three seconds away from starting to taxi. Starting to taxi. And she's like, I'd like to get off the plane. And the flight attendant, like, goes and asks the pilot um, what's going on. And she comes back and goes, do you really want to get off the plane? Because we're about ready to go. And the woman goes, well, I mean, I'm already going to miss my meeting. So there's really no point in my staying. But – I don't want to delay anyone else. I don't want to delay the flight anymore. I've already been delayed enough. So I'll just go. Mm-hmm. And the flight attendant's like, are you sure? Because we're, like, about ready to go. And if you want to get off, like, we'll go back to the gate for you. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's totally okay. I just don't want to delay the flight anymore because other people have things to do. So stop <laughs> so, yeah. talking she and let the
2: damn she- plane take
1: <laughs> off. At least I are <laughs> sure
0: it of others here. He just shut up! And she spent the entire ride just like you know, like when you're nervous, like you can't stop shaking your leg, and she's just like fuming. I could tell she was like so upset. She didn't say a word, but she was furious. Oh, yeah. And then but we get I
2: can understand that too. I mean, if you have to meet, if you have to be somewhere, like and things that aren't, you know, w- what you meant to happen don't happen the way you need them to. I understand. Right. I would be probably furious too. Like, well, I can it, understand yeah, that. it's unfounded, but.
0: I can understand that, but you know, like shit happens. Sometimes mm-hmm. Chicago gets two feet of snow. Sometimes well, planes yeah, get late. It's just like a part of when you tr- when you travel by plane. Like you should be listening to this PS because I know you're going to take your first plane ride soon. When you travel <laughs> oh. by plane, just unexpected yeah. things happen. Always pack an extra pair of underwear because you might need it. And just when you're an hour late, just roll with it. It's just yeah, part of your the- plane the-
2: will be delayed at some point. For a exactly. really long spring like, yeah. time. It
0: just can't, happens. Like if you can't accept that, take the damn train or don't go to the meeting. Like yeah. Get over yourself. Jeez. Shannon,
2: my sister just took a train and it got delayed, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always bring an extra book, you know. Like, seriously. seriously and Poofla podcast.
1: Yes. Bring the yes. first season that will get you through the ride from <laughs> yep. Chicago to Hartford. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, why don't we Absolutely. talk about the fic today before we have to leave? Yeah, we've been here yeah, for two hours already. We probably should start talking about the fic. We probably should start talking about the fic. Now Jen has read sixty percent of the chapters for tonight's fic. And as <laughs> is the puffwa was- as is the Pufwa mantra mantra. Mantra? Mantra, mantra? mantra? I don't know.
2: I don't think are okay. I say mantra. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I say weird. Know. Okay, we're not going there. <laughs> Jen has read sixty percent and that ain't bad.
2: <laughs> Jen is just sighing.
1: Jen is sighing. Well, I sent Jen a message today saying, reading to chapter 30, and Jen's response when she reads it is, oh, isn't that nice? Ryan's reading ahead. <laughs> so she I,
2: Well, I was like, you must really like it. I, on the other <laughs> hand, was still looking at the master schedule. I was <laughs> like, we'll to read to 26. Okay, I'm done. Uh, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry. It sounds like something that would happen Okay, right. can
2: I, Can I start this podcast? Please. I have an episode. I have a question yes. because it keeps confusing the crap out of me. The author, the author of this story, he has got like five names, and every time y'all say the one that I'm not familiar with, Viridian. I'm like, "Who's that? What story is this?" Viridian. But isn't his name Matthew?
1: His r- okay. His real but name he is He
2: signs. Crap. He signs Matthew at the end of every chapter, and so I'm like, "Oh, it's Matthew." Like, I'm confused. Matthew is his
1: is his given name. And Viridian okay. is, his, is his author name. Like, for example, Lady Chi does not have Lady Chi written on her birth certificate. I but
2: hope. I do have Jen.
1: Yes, you Some... do. you yes.
2: okay. Wait, do you
0: have, have Jen or Jen?
2: Well, it's Jennifer, but...
1: <laughs> oh, damn. So, so <laughs> Sorry. Are, you, are you now clear?
2: I'm clearer. Yes. yes. Okay, and then my second point uh-huh. is I want to bring up the main character of the story, Crookshanks. Because <laughs> particularly I just wanna say that I really liked this that Viridian put in. That I like that although it's Ron's cat, that it know it's smart enough to love Hermione too, because in a past life it was Hermione's cat. <laughs>
0: Aww. Like Aww. Hey, <laughs> Crookshanks.
2: Yay, Crookshanks, my favorite you're character. you
0: but you're half measles, so it's okay.
1: I just always thought it was great that Ron owned Crookshanks. It's just, it's
2: like... It's so fickle. I love it.
1: It's it, it's just like, you know, it, like I'm just picturing him walking around, like, you know, petting Crookshanks in the head, you know, saying, you know, like, that's my cat. Like, I don't know. It's the door thing in the world.
2: I almost wanted Hermione to get a rat just so that Kirk Shanks could eat it and it could be backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Your cat ate it's my rat. No, it didn't. Well, you know, except backwards.
1: And like, you know, you know, Hermione had like, you know, jet black hair at the same time and Ron was like...
2: <laughs> and leather. We yes. can't forget the leather. Don't forget the leather. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> to to here. oh no, you're right.
1: No, no. Okay, so, here, so <laughs> here's the deal, everyone. Tonight we are going to cover chapters 23 up until 30. It's the most amount of chapters in the least amount of time, so we are going to pack it in. This is going to be very exciting for all involved. And I'm flipping through my notes here for the chapters, and I just have to say that, you know, my my chapter 30 notes are my favorite. They open with, Gran is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because what I realized when reading these chapters is that Gran is a bitch.
0: Yeah. I'm not, not going to lie, Ryan. We already do that. Ryan, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The third, the, yeah, the third note, double concurs that Grant is a bitch. Perhaps she's pregnant.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, they're trying to guess what is wrong with Grant. Now, I, of course, assume she's a Death Eater. I, of course, assume she's a Death Eater. But then I mock my fellow co-hosts when they ask why no one assumes Harry is a Death Eater. So, whether you want, I run the damn thing. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Now I had a series of questions reading through this. Um, they're like Jen's questions, but 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 different. But um, better. But better. Mm-hmm. Now, question. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, question number
0: one. Wait, hang on. I have to put on my English major pants. Okay.
2: Yeah, I know. Okay. Wait, are they grammatical questions or story plot? they are story
1: plot questions in the can, okay,
2: good because I have some too. I didn't a
1: question. Is Gran a well-off woman? Because we have Neville Longbottom. Well, not Neville Longbottom. That wouldn't really make sense unless you know he had his name on the front of the thing. But we have like Longbottom Manor, and we have you know Gran looking like you know Emily Gilmore's mother-in-law with the big hat. And I, I don't. Well, was that yeah, I, I was like it? i She was. It, it, I was
2: always under the impression because it seemed like all the purebloods, with the exception of the Weasleys,
1: okay.
0: were.
2: I'm fine were... with that. I
1: couldn't remember. I honestly, I never. Yeah,
0: it's never specifically well to do. stated. Yeah, but it's and it's never really implied. Like it's one of those things that I guess Jo just didn't really worry about, yeah, or yeah, at least sure. she didn't let us worry about.
1: Yeah, because I'm picturing in Deathly Hallows when Grand Dex Dolish having her butler do it.
0: So yeah. been, been, she, she, Please, she, I think Gran would want the satisfaction of doing it herself.
1: Yes, that is true, too. Did I mention Gran is a bitch?
0: Well, <laughs> Perhaps she's pregnant. Wasn't
6: there,
8: wasn't there a scene with her at the ministry at one point?
1: Um, I don't think so. I'm Did trying I, to... In the canon? I don't think so. In the canon, there's a the scene where uh, Gran, I think it's in um, Half-Blood Prince, gives gives Neville a hard time. About her classes and uh, McGonagall makes a comment that she was pretty bad in like charms or something herself to kind of buck Neville up. But I don't think she, does she even appear in the canon up until Deathly
0: Uh, um, Hallowska? Yeah, yeah, of course she does.
1: When did she appear?
0: In the hospital in Order of the Phoenix. Oh, that's right. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sorry.
2: Maybe that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, because she's a bitch
0: there. <laughs> yeah, she's a bitch there. She's—I think her problem is that she's really, she's just pretentious. Like, she's cranky, or not she's pure blood. I don't know, but she's a pretentious, cranky bitch.
1: Who reading these chapters? Cr- oh, I'm sorry. Who reading these chapters? Because I've read ahead, but I, I haven't read that far ahead.
2: Yes, yes, we all know. I all know. Right. I ri- look at Perfect ah, Ryan ah,
1: doing ah. his reading. All right. <laughs> Who is to read Harry walking up and literally? bitch slapping gran for the way she behaves. Oh, I, I do. Know.
0: Me Oh God, the way she behaves towards Luna? That's deplorable.
1: I love like, the characterization of Luna because it's hard to do it's hard to make Luna um weird but not star craving mad.
2: It, the it, Valentine yeah. I love that part. Yeah. I yeah.
1: Mean, I love that too. It's oh, really no, th I can't remember Luna, Luna had a Valentine. I can't remember. I've read this. Well, a couple she weeks.
2: gave it to Neville, and she didn't yeah. sign it because she didn't know. And she was "Oh, like, he grabs, he grabs the they ask, yeah, they ask what it, what does it say? They don't know who it's from, and she just says, "I like you a lot." And like he's like, and oh she my says God. she wants to do it right, so she grabs it back and signs it. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's <laughs> so hard.
1: Sweet. I said this last week. Luna's the smartest character in the series, which you know isn't a hard. You know, mantle to hold.
3: No, it's not it's, hard. <laughs>
1: because everyone else, unfortunately, is so is so dim-witted. That it's 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 kind of easy to sneak ahead to the top of that line. But mm-hmm. the thing with it's hard to make her. Like I said, it's hard to make her not seem too weird. I think the thing that uh, Viridian does really well with it is that Luna seems like a very uh, vulnerable person. She seems like a person with real problems who feels badly when you know she is embarrassed or feels as though she's embarrassing someone. She's not like you know burning the building down and the oblivious to it, reading her quibbler upside down. She's she's an actual person, and I think that's something that I don't read in a, in a lot of fix because it's Well, she's like,
2: hard to fight. Yeah.
1: It's right. like, she's like Hagrid. She's hard. It, it, sometimes there's certain... I didn't
2: mean to tell you that. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, not that hard. Yeah. No, I'm, ju- <laughs> I'm that, that is true. <laughs> Well, don't even get me started
3: on Steve Cloves and Hagrid.
0: You don't uh, want to hear that rant. I don't <laughs> mean to rant tell you, you that.
2: Everyone. Wait, I haven't see, even I, heard this. Okay, maybe I have. I can't remember.
0: Don't even worry about it, Jen. Listen to the <laughs> listen to the commentaries. See, my thing with Luna is like oh, I agree with okay. you. Man. I agree with you that like he is a real person with real issues, but I didn't see that until really like towards the end of these chapters. Like I thought that she was just like Stark raving mad, you know, but kind of sweet. Yeah. Um. Until I read the end of the chapters, like when um Gran wouldn't let Neville come, and he he was like she was stopping the post and all that, and like Luna got really withdrawn and really like introverted and desocialized exactly. from her friends. Yeah. Yeah. And when you realize that that was all because she wasn't around Neville, I was just like, Oh,
8: baby. Love. Yeah. It really affected her
0: self-confidence. Right. Cause there wasn't yeah. Neville was really the best about, you know, telling her that she was okay, that she wasn't weird or anything like that. We and even though the others tried, like, I guess she, I guess, I think like Neville has a much more of an influence over her than anyone else.
1: Well, I think that's and why so- the, 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 like, I know it's not canon, but it was, um, it was a very popular pairing in fan fiction is that the two characters do offer each other something, you know, you, Luna brings Neville out of his shell and Neville grounds Luna. So it's a really good opposite the track story if that's what you want to go with. And I I think that's just why it works so well here. And I regret in the canon it didn't work out. I I still thought that's one of my favorite fics to actually read, just because they're both so freaking amusing together, because you would never suspect it. But, um... Yeah. Let's... Well, I I just
8: love that Viridian put her in Gryffindor.
1: No, a lot of people... I
2: really liked that, actually.
1: No, a lot of people, I know, didn't or said that they were concerned about it in the beginning. Let's talk about that, because we're up to chapter 30 now. How do you think that's played out just in terms of, of story and in terms of character?
8: Well, I mean, from, from reading it, from reading it, you know, in one big chunk today, cause I've read this story before today, you know, I just, yeah. I needed to go back and catch up again. I do that. Um, okay. You always think about her being a Ravenclaw, but then, you know, in canon, she's part of you know, the group, the, the group of of Harry's group and then you think about her in terms of the dynamic of being in this group of friends and it just works so much better with with them being able to be together all the time yeah. and not being separated by the class of the houses and i just like it so much better that she can actually interact with them
1: it just works. Well, she's always an outsider in the canon, both because she's a literal outsider to Gryffindor, but also because she's really looking in on the group. She's the weird one in the group, for lack of a better word. So it's interesting to read a story where, she, number one, she, she's not that um, you know institutional outsider, but also one where she she's just as quirky as Neville, and she you know could have been in you know in the, in that inner circle from the very beginning and then what would it have been like if she were in philosopher's Stone oh well not philosopher's stone, but what would, would it have been like if she were in there from the beginning so I think this is one of the areas where i'm really glad. To be reading an AU story because I never really thought about that before, and I know in the beginning a lot of people had bad reactions to it because you know the the, the fact that that Luna is in the in the canon, canon itself shows that this is a story that, you know Harry Potter about you know people coming together and groups who, you know not like yourselves still forming friendships, and if you put everyone in one group, it kind of removes that um, you know forging of alliances. But I think it works really well for the character and for the story. Now that we're up to chapter thirty.
7: Yeah, because if
8: you think about it, I mean, Hermione wasn't, you know, any great normal person herself. You know, Luna was off after Snorkax and, you know, all of her strange creatures. But Hermione was an incredible brain and no one really wanted to be around her either.
1: Yeah, and I think the two of them work out really well. And it's a shame we didn't get to see more of them in the canon. And I like it here. I love the part where Hermione is, you know... With her books and her facts and her figures, and, and, and what you can read in the library, and Luna, you know, with with these preposterous creatures that her father writes about in the Quibbler, and you have Hermione say, you know, that, that, that that's that, that, I forget what the what the adjective is, but that's completely unrealistic. And Luna's like, "That's what my uncle neighbors say about magic." Why is that? And it just turns Hermione's entire world on its head. And I just,
8: yeah, I, because if it weren't for Ron, if it weren't for Ron and Harry, Hermione wouldn't have any friends at school. Even at
2: Hogwarts. It's no different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I think the difference is, is it's nice to see Luna in a circumstance where she's not being picked on. Because I think not only was she the outcast, I mean, I really think the kids, like, I mean, they took her stuff and. Yeah. I don't know. And in this one, we get to see her with, like, a support group. Well,
1: the thing about that, too, is. for it. I know she was loony Lovegood, and she was definitely made fun of and people did steal her stuff and whatever. I never really got the sense reading the canon that was like, you know, Ravenclaw against Luna. I thought it was more like everybody against Luna and the whole Well, story.
2: yeah, it was like, the, but I
1: agree. Yeah.
2: But she was the weird kid, you know? Everybody yeah. has one. Well,
1: everyone everyone's saying because she's in Gryffindor, that wouldn't happen. And maybe they're saying because, you know, she's in that group, you know, with Neville and, and, and the trio, that she's now protected from that. I took what everyone was saying before to mean that the Ravenclaws were absolutely cruel to her and the Gryffindor was, house was like a safe haven. I never really thought it was like, you know, the Ravenclaws no. just happen to hate Luna. So. Yeah. No,
3: I, I yeah. think it's more that the 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 trio kind of... Offers her some insulation, you know. Well, and it
2: doesn't it help. Kind of, I mean, it doesn't hurt that Harry is like oozing confidence, seriously, seriously. And maturity. So, right. I mean, you ha- that you really do pick up on that when you're around it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Favorite. all about you notice how somebody carries themselves, and you're going to act differently accordingly. accordingly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, plus
2: well, I mean, Harry- it's like child actors who grow up on sets with adults; they can't really get along with kids their own age, you know, because they don't know how to,
1: yeah.
2: It's yeah. just this thing.
1: Well, I was going to say too, it probably works out well for Luna that, you know, Harry has the firepower of a small tank. So, you know, walking around. <laughs> it seems to be <laughs> speaking of, can I just read you this? I have to read you this chat. Now, you know, when you read fan fictions, you read, you know, super Harry and, you, and, and you read, you know, abused Harry all these different versions of Harry. Tell me, let's discuss, you know, we're, we're, this is broken Harry. And this is the one, you know when we're talking about you know why is Harry you know seem at some point so young and he's getting along with thirteen year olds but at other points he's so old let me just read this. He killed nearly 30 of Voldemort's remaining followers in a two-hour running battle through the ruins of Hogwarts and the burning wreckage of Hogsmeade. Harry surprised himself with his inventiveness in finding ways to make Death Eaters die. He shattered (laughs) skulls with a reducto, beheaded others with cutting curses, cursed them with banished stones, and sent a bolt of lightning into a pool of water electrocuting three at once. He turned a section of stone floor into water and canceled the spell after two Death Eaters sank out of sight, entombing them forever. A massive transfiguration turned a stone overhang into an incredibly strong acid, giving a trio of Death Eaters time for a few gurgling screams, but never the chance to see their killer. He'd even roundhouse kicked one in the throat, collapsing the trachea and suffocating the bastard.
0: <laughs> okay, is- I realize that's not, not funny, but it totally is. Harry is a very <laughs> angry
1: young man.
2: I really do have to keep reminding myself that he's only twelve. You know, and I don't want to make this to be a joke about the child listing or anything like that. Like, I just don't want to go there. But I honestly feel that this story, like, I really sincerely forget that they're 12. Like, I think that I would have, I would relate a lot better to the story and to the adultness and matureness that the characters have if they were, like, 16. Well, here's the deal. Because that's how I feel like I'm reading it. Like, they're... Many adults. Well, here's Does the that- thing,
1: though. Well, we we we, right. co- we cover this in every story that we do, though. In every story that we cover, except for probably after the end, because they actually were adults there, we're always like, don't they seem a little young to be doing this? Like, Oh,
2: it- yeah. But we're <laughs> really... Reading- always- it- so but, but
1: seriously, we're reading a story where where the trio at eleven break through McGonagall's chessboard, and in in you know they fight their way and, and they save the philosopher's stone, and then Harry kills a basilisk, and then they you know fight the werewolf, and then Harry. I mean, these kids like seriously think about this. Harry fought in the Ministry of Magic before he would be able to drive a car. We're not, I mean, that's this is true. Yes, I mean we're not, that's built into the story day one. Now, one thing I'd like to talk about tonight too, you know, it's like okay, we've been talking to death about Harry and Ginny and the damn bagel for weeks, but let's talk. <laughs> I would hate to be someone who comes in on this episode not knowing what's been said before. Okay, like what
2: bagel? But let's talk about bag-
1: one thing because you know, Jen, cover your ears. These are the chapters Help. where the characters find out Harry's secret and, and they find out...
2: Oh, I did yeah. read that chapter. Uh, okay. I, re- I read ahead. Okay.
1: Thank God. I will say this. Reading through, you know, the story, I have to keep reminding myself that Harry isn't 12. Because I've after you read so much of it, you get into the habit that Harry's just one of the kids and you forget. So when you read paragraphs like Harry taking on the army of darkness, you're like, hmm, he really isn't 13, is he? So you have to, then you kind of snap back, then you forget, then you get pulled back into it, and then there's another dream. And you well, it's not
2: back. necessarily the, I disagree? the plot, the fighting. Yeah, I disagree. It's the characterization. It's how they re- relate to each other, especially, like, Ginny and Harry, especially, like, their relationship. Well,
1: the, yeah. the thing just, I want to throw this out there, then I'll open it up. The thing about these chapters is that when they all find out Harry's secret, these characters are incredibly mature. They're, they're None of them are children. None of them are children. They're all incredibly mature for their ages as a result of either who they are or wh- what world they live in or what Harry has you know, brought into their lives. They are all incredibly mature. They're not, you know, typical kids, but the way in which they respond to hearing the news it seems like they all are grateful for what Harry did. They all mm-hmm. insist they will be Harry's friend. But what I would have liked was to... And maybe I just read through the lines too much, or maybe it's been too long ago since I read this. It has been a couple of weeks. I didn't get the sense, leaving the story, that they really said to themselves, you know... Is this like a 30 year old? Like, does this change the way I look at him? And even if the answer is no, which yeah. I would suspect it would be, my only thing, which I, and, and I'm, I'm sure it was in there, but it just, I didn't walk away, it didn't no. pull me in. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't walk away feeling like they had addressed the question that we had. And I think that's interesting because Rydian does a great job of asking. The quest having Harry ask the questions that I would ask if I were him, and I have notes here.
2: Yeah, he did have Hermione ask, "Well, so you've manipulated? You've been manipulating us this whole time." Which I'm glad they had addressed that. Yeah, that's true. I was concerned.
1: But no, but more they, of like an intro, like more of like an introspective, like not like "damn you, Harry, you did this to us." More like you know Hermione walking through the no. field saying, "Does this change anything?" It feels like it might, like something, like in, in this. And I just want to be really clear here. This is an, like I, I am a huge fan of the story. It's a, it, it, it's a very well written story. That's just the thing that I was like, mm, I don't really feel as though that one. That one. That one question was addressed. Yeah. But because so much more you, was. So much more was. I, well,
2: no, I yeah. am loving the angst of this fic. I am to it podcast?
6: You? <laughs> I'm. am sort, like,
3: I'm, I'm sort of dissatisfied with it actually. There's and, and you know what it goes from character to character. Like who, who whose reaction I thought was the most canon, most you know, like themselves are the most satisfying. There were interactions I thought that were kind of like um there's an interaction between Ron and Harry that I thought was great, you know, where Harry says, you know, so do you wanna know? And Ron says no. Uh,
6: uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I
3: loved that. But the interaction between Hermione and Harry, I literally was like I was I was like I was having I was laughing. (laughs) Because I was I like, was this is so... And it's not funny. And, like, I was just... I think it's because I was on cold medicine today, and I'm really sorry, Viridian. I'm so <laughs> sick right now. You have no idea. Grumpy pants, gee. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, I want thing- to address what Ryan was saying, though, but I... As far as the kids go, and and whether or not they realized it, though, I think that Viridian did do it right because I think that they're still 12 and I don't think that they really are thinking about it from from an adult's perspective that's of whether or not he was 30. Right.
1: That's a good point.
0: See, I well, wanna, good, first, yeah. I just want to back up for a minute and say that, Ryan, I disagree with you and that I never had trouble – like I never forgot that Harry was 30. Oh, in the beginning inhabiting.
1: I didn't. In the begin just let me clarify my statement. Like- in the beginning I didn't. As time went on, I accepted him as one of the group. And I think the reason for that is Harry himself, being the guy who killed the thirty death eaters and watched everybody die. He mm-hmm. so needed to be a kid again and leave yeah. that behind as much as he could that he is relishing in the role of being able to be like have someone mother him, and ha- you know, and, and, and sleep in a room with the other kids, and, and do his yeah. homework. Well,
2: even in- Sirius right. acknowledges that right. for like, him,
1: right?
0: Right, That's like Christmas. I agree. like I agree with you but i just i'm just saying like i never forgot just because like you're so constantly reminded that this is what he needed after such a hard life he just needed to relax and da 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 Mm -hmm. so i just like i never had that problem forgetting when harry tells them the secrets Mm -hmm. and you're like you know they don't really think about it they don't really question it from an adult perspective it i don't really think that matters you know like he's here he's done what's done and even if even if Things are going to change. You know, Harry still has to win the war. They're still obviously going to help him. They still love him. And so even if they haven't been like, Harry, let me get this straight. You jumped back in time 30 years. You undid everything that you did. And now you changed things so you don't know what's going to happen. And you're basically screwing with us all cosmically. Yeah. I still love you. Like – it hardly matters whether or not they thought that because, I mean, the situation is still the same. Well, let me just say this.
1: This is exactly what I'm saying. When – okay. They, they all – they're friends with Harry for two years and then they discover the fact that Harry has actually lived through an entire lifetime with them, died, and has decades – of experience that they never knew he had. And he is, re- he knows their futures or prospective futures. And I'm not going to say he's 30 year old Harry, cause I'm trying to get away from that term, but he, he is not precisely who they thought he was, although where it matters and how he cares for them. And I think Ginny has the line. I, I forget if she thought it or if she said it to someone that Harry killed himself because he loves us to save us. And right. none of that matters. Nothing should matter. Other than that, but what it seems to me, and I just want to say, this is probably the only thing that rubbed me the wrong way in all these chapters. And I have a lot of good things to say. I just felt like getting this out of the way. It it seemed to me like, okay, they find out this shocking information, and they decide to themselves that they. Wasn't it short? (laughs) Wasn't it what? Wasn't it?
2: Oh, keep going, because my my this was my one big problematic. Part okay. of the story. W- too. What I thought
1: was too was that okay. So the, so the, they 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 get the information and they all know they're not going to le- leave Harry and they love Harry and they're and they're so touched that he did this and he's been walking around with this and and they just run over and they hug him and it's a great moment. But day to day, you would think it would just be like even in the beginning. This is the takes. It's like if you're friends with someone for a long time and then you start to date. It's the takes some getting used to it. Maybe a good thing, but. It's a change. It's different, you know. Yeah, but
0: at twelve, you don't really feel that impact so much. I don't know. I mean, like you feel it obviously, and like if some things weren't different, I mean, then that would be weird. But like at twelve, you don't. I mean, even if you are like Harry, Ron, and Hermione at that age, you don't really have. (coughs) Sorry, you don't really have the the experience or the maturity to question that from an adult. um, Question that from an adult perspective, because you're just not an adult.
6: Yeah.
0: So. That was just that. And also like they knew that something big was happening. Like it wasn't a big it wasn't a big surprise that Harry had this huge secret, so they shouldn't have been shocked when it was big and life changing. I mean, they knew it was something big enough they had to learn an aquamancy for. That's true. So you know, they shouldn't have been like, Oh my god, how dare you? And they're like, Well, I've been trying to tell you for the past year and a half. Like Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, that that I'm just gonna leave that out there and if other people pick it up, that's fine. I mean that was just the one thing that seemed a little weird, but one thing I do wanna say I was concerned about this going through when you read 30 something chapters or 20 something chapters, knowing that like in every story you're going to have, you know, the, the, the plot will be somewhat consistent for a while. Then there's going to be a big adjustment to the plot. And, you know, in this particular story, it's everyone else finding out Harry's secret. I am so glad that Viridian didn't cop out of that because what I was fearing going into that was he would have the line and then Harry told them everything.
2: Yes, I he wanted, actually takes the time.
1: I wanted the, to hear every word of it.
2: Well, the mo- job, the scene with Sirius is by far my favorite of this entire. Where he where he explains everything oh, yeah. to Sirius.
6: Yeah, I, yeah, I
2: adored that. that scene, and I loved the the emotional and character depth that they gave to Sirius. And I loved that they allowed Harry and Arthur both to understand the angst and torture that, that Sirius has actually been through. Like they didn't just gloss it over. Oh, Sirius has been in in Azkaban and he's tortured. You know, they actually like make you feel like, I can't even tell you the scene where they come back and Arthur's like, um, he's sleeping again. He must've been more tired than he let on. Like I almost like it was like a stab in my gut. I felt so awful for Sirius at that moment. And like, I love when authors write like that, when they make you feel I just, I just loved it. I thought that was wonderful.
1: Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, 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 I liked it too. Well, there the are two touching moments about the serious scene where number one, it's the first time Harry gets to tell anyone. And like, if you're a person that can't keep a secret, well, this is huge. You need to talk to some, talk to someone about this because he, he has no support. If he dies the next day, you know, the future will be lost. he, he It is such a relief for Harry to, number one, find Sirius, number two, to tell him this. But the one part of that conversation that I thought was so touching was, well, not touching, so emotional, when Harry tells Sirius that he had to use the Avila Kedavra curse on himself. Sirius accuses Harry of taking the cowardly way out. And I thought just the emotion, that's the moment where Harry was no longer 12. And that's the moment where just the rage of everything that Harry had to go through and watch everyone die for years and years and years. And and, and, and,
2: and just... it's The injustice of it. Because
1: look at this. You have two heavily broken, emotionally beaten men in a room just screaming at each other about just truth. And I just thought that was such a powerful, great moment in the story. And you have to realize he's going to put his mask back on and the next day go back to being, you know, 12 year old Harry Potter. But yeah. just for that one moment, he.
8: Not only is he going go to Potter, gonna go back to being 12 year old Harry Potter, he's going to go back to being 12 year
2: old Harry Potter on Christmas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, dear. Well,
2: what I liked about it was it also let Arthur, like, get a glimpse of because hey, I know throughout this whole time Molly and Arthur have been wanting to understand Harry better. They've been wanting to you know
6: yeah.
2: to be there for him and you can't be there for somebody who's a 30 year old war victim who you conceive as 12 year old you know tortured boy like it's you you can't fathom it but um I really I loved I loved that whole scene.
1: I think the highlight of a great story is when, even though there's, you know, great description or a great idea, that there's little moments in it that stand out so that five years from now, if you're still in the fandom, you're going to remember this fic, not because of, you're not going to remember the plot, or is this the one that had the cup with the thing? You're not going to remember that. You're going to remember those little moments. And, you know, Sirius Calling Harry a Coward was one of them, and the other one was, think of... Arthur last week, and Arthur is trying to um, get the guardianship of Harry and he he doesn't have anything prepared and Lucius is in a strong position and Arthur's like scribbling on the back of a napkin something and he's a very vulnerable person. And now I picture him outside of the borough with Harry and Harry's asking about Molly's two dead brothers and saying she's never been the same since then has she? And Arthur kind of looks down and says no she hasn't. And it's just this understanding of loss and what Harry has to go through because Harry is the one who will avenge Molly's brothers and you know it's just such a powerful moment between the two. And I love the point where Harry says, this isn't what you signed up for. And the same Arthur who was so vulnerable last week, you know, who couldn't even speak for Harry, you know, at the, at the, at the guardianship ceremony, you know, looks back and it's in, in, I'm paraphrasing says, that's my responsibility. We will never discuss this again. Are you leaving? And Harry says, no, he says, that's that. And I just thought he could be such a vulnerable character, but such a, you know, throwing his hand down the table saying enough character one of the things i'm really enjoying about these chapters and we talked about this with luna is the ability to tell let me say that again is the ability to write a difficult character with many different layers which i'm really enjoying going into this
8: what i also like is how he has been able to portray harry as a boy, yet he is obviously a man inside the boy. Yeah. Because he's kind of
3: one of those like freaky science fiction child but not what? quite child characters. He kind of he's reminds not me of freaky. Why well, <laughs> freaky I think he's freaky? He's like, I, just, <laughs> I just I, well, I, think I just it's disconcerting to people no. around him, to realize. Well, no, I mean, would it be disconcerting to you to like look at somebody who's twelve and go, okay, they're twelve, but at the same time, they're like thirty? I well, mean, that's look disconcerting. At, like,
2: seriously, look at like, like uh, midgets not from or-, or not, not from uh, what? <laughs> not the same. No, you know, okay. there's like those disease, those diseases, and the life same that- thing though. No, not even uh, no, Chief, Not be from be perceived, what, though, as that. <laughs> not to that not badly. From what we, but not from what we know about
8: Harry and from his emotional growth,
2: you know, right. and how
8: he grew up, and, and how, you know, and then we know that it, particularly in this story, you know, he stopped living his life as, you know, an older teenager and pretty much he fought the war and he stopped growing.
3: Well, you can yeah, say he, what you want to say about Harry being emotionally stunting, and and say you know Harry died when Jenny died emotionally, but I I really don't think that's the case because I but think I don't think that he, he ever grew up. He
8: never stopped. He never really. He he was never really ever older than a little boy.
6: No,
2: no, I don't. I, I don't think he was. This I don't big, think so. I think
3: that if you. I think that if you say, well, he didn't grow up past. You know, he stopped growing emotionally at when Jenny died. I think that you're not giving him credit because I think that I agree. he I had to grow enormously when Hermione died. And he had to take, I mean, you know, even though he, he makes it sound him. I mean, like you don't you want know, on on to him the whole time, he's obviously see, I, there for fun.
8: I mean, you're, like he's growing and he's finish. changing. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that the Dursley era, everybody's got, you know, an inner child and Harry has definitely got an inner boy and and he didn't have a lot of love at home and so he's he's going to be emotionally stunted and so viridian is showing us the the vulner the vulnerability of his of his inner boy and so whenever he gets into these situations where he feels like he's going to be turned out or where where he is feeling unloved or or his self-confidence is shaken. Um, he he gets very vulnerable and he feels like he should step away. Um, it's not got to do with, you know, whether he's powerful as a person.
1: He, yeah, he, I, well, I here's vid- the thing. Harry, Harry had a childhood that he never got closure to. And he, the issues that he had when he was a child, especially, you know, even though there's the time paradox, but, you know, he had, issues when he was a child, and when he became a child again, he, you know, obviously he, w- he, w- he was nearly killed by his, his original guardians. Vernon almost killed him. So that's something that Harry's always going to have to deal with. And I think that, you know, I think you're both right. I think that, you know, we were saying last week that, you know, in response to the characters of Ron and Ginny and Neville and Luna losing out on their childhood because Harry took away their learning process. I don't think that's true because I think that fate has given them new experiences to live through. And at the same time, Harry through those original years, like, like you said, we can't just say, you know, Harry never had the chance to grow up because everyone died. Harry, like I just read, killed 30 death eaters and, and one, and one of the most touching moments in, in, in the entire story is when uh, Hermione is shot in the neck and she's bleeding out and she's dying and Ron is draped over her and Harry can't do anything because, you know, the, the, the healing charms won't help. You know, you you can picture, you know, Hermione with one hand behind Ron's head, whispering to Ron and he says, don't worry, I will take care of Harry. Like that's the one thing she's concerned with. Who's going to watch over Harry when I'm gone. Cause Hermione has been his mother when Molly died. And that means something to Harry so that, When he goes back in time, you know, number one, is he retreating to childhood? Absolutely. But is childhood a vulnerable spot for him? Absolutely. It's kind of like he's cornered in no matter where he goes. So I think it's kind of like a blending of what you're both saying.
3: Well, I think that Jen, too, has a great point about Harry... Kind of, he, but he, I wouldn't say that he's, you know, stunted. I just think he has a defense mechanism. This is what Jen is talking about, where he, every time he gets to the point where he's in a situation where somebody might abandon him or, um, you, you know, you see this with a lot of people that have abandonment, uh, not abandonment disorders, attachment disorders. They want to leave you before you leave them. Right. And there's a lot of really poignant moments in the story where Harry is kind of retreating into himself and somebody kind of pulls him out of it. Now, most of the time it's Jenny. Yeah. And like those are the scenes that I find very, you know, touching. And I like, I like, you know, there's a scene, um, in the in the said chapters, there are a lot of scenes that I like. There's the one with Harry and Ron, and uh, Harry and Sirius that we just talked about, and um, there's several scenes with Harry and Jenny that I think are just really beautiful. I think everybody, this is part of the story, you know, where you really like. This is when, like, I thought the story was good up until this point, but this is when I was really sucked in and was wanting more because I think that this is when he got to the meat of the issues.
1: Yeah. I just want to read one quote. Then I want to see what uh, Julia has to say. Cause we've been kind of talking over her for a little bit.
0: Sorry. It's okay. Um, Hi, Julia. I'm play- it's okay guys. I'm playing solitaire. It's been-
1: I'm totally. I just want to read this real fast. This is um, the opening to chapter 25 for Harry. This is one of the most abnormal holiday seasons he'd ever experienced. No looming threat of war. No one murdered yet. It was utterly bizarre and without precedent. So think of it, Harry Potter literally had to go back in time and reset the world and manipulate events to have a holiday without threat or war. I mean that's not good
0: well, I think that you've definitely had a pretty deranged childhood if in order to get a normal Christmas, you have to you know go back in time twenty years. but I also think that that's kind of it kind of really sums up everything about um this fic and everything about Harry's life and his childhood you know it's just like his child like he his childhood has just been so messed up and so deranged that he hasn't even had a chance to experience a normal one ever and I think it's really sad and it it made me very it made me it made me almost cry oh this is like I don't really have I don't really have all that much to say about that fact that he like yeah he never had a normal childhood he never had a normal Christmas either you know the Dursleys didn't care or, or everyone was dead. Everyone was dead. Or he was cooped up in Grimald Place with like people who didn't hate, didn't hate him, but it, like just the circumstances of that Christmas were not the best. And like it, you know, it's really sad. But yeah. I don't really. Yep. I have very much to say about it. Other than that, it's last very thing,
1: sad. The last thing I want to say too is there's an expression in government. Um, when you think of the U.S. government, a billion dollars here, a billion dollars there. After a while, you'll be talking about real money. Like
6: right. we, uh-huh.
1: we hear, so, I love Jen's like, haha, that was amusing. When when you talk, <laughs> I love I'm it when like, she's like, huh? that was funny. Oh, it
2: dude. wasn't like that. It was like sarcasm laughter. Don't okay. insult the way that I laugh.
1: Okay, well, I'll just insult <laughs> the way you commit sarcasm. Try not to, Jeff. So <laughs> thank the one, you. Thank you. But the one thing about Harry is that we hear – we. I, I think after a while it becomes commonplace. Oh, Harry had a terrible childhood. No one ever loved Harry. Like – Literally, there was nothing redeeming about his entire childhood. I think that's something that is enormously significant, but it's something that we I think people in the fandom get too casual with and too normal. Oh, he, he had a bad childhood. No, I no, mean, really. He had a terrible childhood. And it really, <laughs> really mattered. And it's, it, it, it's become a one-liner. You know, the tourist mm-hmm. least abused him for years. But that, Yeah, that's that, all
3: you need. Yeah. Dad yeah.
1: needs something, but when you say that, you're like, "Oh, yeah, um, and, I, and I have to pick up, you know, my clothes at the laundromat." And in, in the in the in the, in the, in the jerseys to be used, Harry, for you. It, it, it it's more than what we make it out to be at times. And I think for the purpose of this story, you know, it it, it, it it's enormously significant. I just wanted. to Well, think I
3: think the, the fault with of that mainly lies with Joe Rowling because she kind of,
7: kind did of she never of-
3: chose to address that that Particular issue, right.
8: Right.
3: you know. No, this, I mean, this
8: this kind of childhood is the kind of childhood that puts people into therapy, you know, for, for years, decades. and they don't <laughs>
3: ever come out. You know, like the the kind of childhood that Harry Potter had is he should have disorders and be medicated and you know social system and all sorts of you know consequences and and he had none of that and you know. People mm. are resilient, but they're not that resilient. I'm trying to picture a
1: philosopher's stone. Would have worked out differently if Harry was on Riddlin?
6: Oh <laughs> <goodness>. I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not saying that
3: Harry needed to be medicated because I'm not saying that medicine is the is the cure for everything. I'm just saying that. But it's it's a disservice that it was the, it was not the type of story that Joe Rowling was trying to tell. Well, no, that but she I took think the time to, you know, yeah.
2: Make I a think point it's important, the church, the church, the church. though. I would just wanted to say I'm glad also – I'm a little glad that J.K. Rowling didn't address it because I think it's a disservice to people who are abused in some way because although it's terrible and it's horrific, and trust me, if anyone believes in anti-drug use, I mean, of any – like, I don't believe in – um I think that people give out Ritalin and that kind of stuff way too. They much. They give it out like way candy, too- and they should. It is, yeah. and they shouldn't, and 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 I really, I really feel strongly about this. And I think that it would have been a disservice to Harry if if they didn't let him struggle and let him grow, because he he became such a stronger person because he triumphed over the circumstances that happened to him and yeah, they suck. I mean, that's the worst kind of stuff, but he's such a stronger person because of it. How could we, how could you say, yeah. you know, well, well if only he Canada had to Canada, seek counseling or, you know, like he still Canada, has to go through it alone. That's, uh, what well, I, that's
3: what I'm saying, Jen. It's like, it's not even brought up like every once in a while. Like it's not even dealt with. It's okay, just kind of like, a, it's like a fact.
2: Yeah. But it is just, dealt with because it's Harry's point of view and in his point of view he's alone and that's the that's what he focuses on. But like, did Harry a, even realize that his
0: childhood was abnormal?
2: Well, no because like, people whose lives up? are abnormal don't realize their lives are abnormal. Yeah. I mean, most kids who are abused don't even realize it. Yeah. Right.
0: So
3: so well, I mean, no. I think they deserve it at the some level, you know.
1: Well, I think that makes just, a lot of sense when you look at the way Harry responds in these characters. And I think you guys have just said it very well. He always tries to leave because he's, this isn't what you, you what you bought. This isn't what you signed on for. And how many Harry says that when Harry um, walks out to Sirius the first time with Arthur? He says it when when the Weasleys find out that Harry Avada the cadaver himself. He, he's ready to leave. It's like Harry's the guy who walks around with a suitcase at all times because he's always prepared to leave. Like Harry, yeah. he, he's like yeah. Toby from The West Wing. He has a resignation letter in his pocket at all times because he has to quit dramatically sixteen times every <laughs> single day.
2: And yeah. Now all we need done. is a star. Okay, here we go.
1: A star Trek reference. Star Trek. Uh, I got nothing right now. we <laughs> we talk about one scene. Time, right, so we covered West Wing. It's all good. One thing- Oh, love- I've been on a West Wing. Kit Danielle's up to uh, season four right now. Ah, um, oh, I love West Wing. Okay, so once. <clears throat> Oh, okay. Everyone's I am just like so coughed sad and, at over. And, and. Oh, Gen Two. We're gonna talk later. Okay. I like Buffy. <laughs> which I still have of yours. All right. Uh, one scene which I thought was tremendous in these chapters. If you look at the character of Ron, his character journey is always "I am Harry Potter's stupid friend," and I love the moment where Arthur is talking to Ron, and he makes a comment about things being boring, and he makes actually no, I have the thing right here, and I really want to read it. This is from chapter twenty-six. Um, And this is Arthur talking to Ron. So, he says, they struggled to secure the pliable rubber to the metal clips. You seem to have a fairly eventful first year. Ron shrugged. Not as eventful as some, he said quietly. You you wish you had a bit more adventure, Arthur asked with a smile. Ron was still looking down at the hood of the car. Not really. Harry gets into all kinds of scrapes, but it doesn't seem like that much fun for him. But he's pretty famous, Arthur reminded his son. The new pensive version of Ron was a curious thing. He's famous for what happened after his parents were murdered by Voldemort, his son said, his voice dropping to a little more than a whisper. And he's still Harry. Harry worries about it a lot too. He doesn't want people to know, but I can't, but I can tell he doesn't sleep well most nights. I mean, this is, this is the, this is Harry's life. This is what we have seen reading the, the novels, but Ron has never been able to see it because Ron's been a kid who's been second fiddle for years and he's had to come to grips with that role and even in Deathly Hallows, you see he still walks away because he hasn't come to grips with that role. And this is a Ron that in year two gets it. And I just think that's, you know, like it or don't like it, or think that it's taking away, you know, it, 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 it's taking away something from Ron. I, I firmly, and I, and I haven't said it explicitly, I disagree with a lot of the um, opinions you know, on the podcast the last few weeks is I'm just a really big fan of it. I mean, the opinions are fine and they're valid. I just, I'm on the other side. And one of the reasons I, I, I believe that is because of this one scene here, Ron gets it. Ron realizes now what Ron would have realized in Deathly Hallows, you know, in year seven. And did it take something away from Ron? Well, yes, it did take a journey away from Ron that he went on over seven years, but he still got to the same place and the cost was a lot lower, but, but what's important is he got to the, it, it's, yes, the journey is important, but wh- what's more important is getting to the end of the journey, knowing. What you need to know? Well, no, let me say that a little bit better. What, you know, th- the journey is important, but if you can get to the same place and know the same, and because maybe your journey went, you know, went through a different place, but you still learned the same lesson and you still had that same, you know, emotional, you know, in spiritual growth, it's okay with me. And this isn't like, you know, Ron learned it, but he was never tested, and, you know, being tested in Deathly Hallows, you know, firmed up that belief in him for a hundred years. It, it's not that, because this is a Ron that had to see Harry, you, you know, lying in his own waste near death, and this is a Ron that, you know, had to, you know, stand with Harry in the dueling club and fight alongside him. This is a Ron that he is willing to do now for Harry would. Deadly Hallows Ron would be able to do. And I just think that.
2: Well, at the end of it,
1: at the, well, at the end of it, in the beginning of it, he was like he was he was calling, you know, American airlines flying. trying to book a flight, <laughs> but he, he's like, I have to go through Cleveland, but you know,
0: he, I
6: have to go through
0: Chicago,
1: man. Can you picture Ron like stuck on that airline, flight between two really big guys, and like? Oh my like, god, like, can you imagine?
0: Hungry. Can you imagine Ron next to that woman I was next to on my flight back from Chicago?
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: but. Seriously, but I I agree with you, Ryan, and I really. I think that it's such a good thing that his, like his journey's not over. Like, you know what I mean? Like he still has to go through the next like three years of or three, five years of his natural education, but just think how much further he can get now that he's already so far ahead. You know? So like when he finally does face Voldemort, like, can you imagine all the learning that's going to take place for him between now and then? Just like, imagine how much farther, how they're all going to be, not just
1: Ron, but all of them. But like they've all reached up. Let's be clear on this too. Harry took, a, Harry has two hats here. He has the hat of, you know, friend who, who will do anything necessary to save his friends, even if it means going back in time. And he, he, he is, I believe he's emotionally stunted. I believe that he is, he is looking, you know, to, 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 to go back to his childhood. I believe he has any number of emotional issues he's dealing with. But I also believe he is in the role of playing God. And there is a huge risk that he is assuming by doing this. So I think you have to balance that. Did it work out very well for Ron, as far as Chapter Twenty Six is concerned? Yes, it did, but it did it, it may not have, and that's what's important. It worked out great for Harry so far, but it could have been really screwed.
9: Mm. So just, I think.
3: If, I think if it so doesn't, I think. I was who was I talking to? I was, I was talking to Itai about this story, <laughs> and he's in the middle of reading it and he's loving it, and we're having a conversation about it, and. I was talking about some of my issues with things thus far. There not being enough consequences for Harry's actions. And uh, Itai said, well, can't you just see that it's the calm before the storm? That, you know, there there is going to be a consequence for this action, for things not being the way that they were quote-unquote supposed to be. And he said, I'll be very shocked and disappointed if this version of the story doesn't end up with some huge consequence, you know, because, but
2: but I think at the same time, I'm sorry, Chi, keep going. No, 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 go ahead. (laughs) At the same, at the same time though, I want to say that although he's changing things, the things that he's trying to change are still happening. Like I know that the chamber of secrets, like Jenny getting the diary, like I knew it was supposed to happen, but I didn't think it would happen. And then it did happen. And I was like, holy crap. So like the consequences, like, fate is still happening. Right. Things so are am not things sure still that it's happen, a but... before the storm because this, it's, things are, are still
1: – I don't, has I don't own... know.
2: Does that make sense? Yes, I don't Harry, know.
1: Well, if you look at it, Harry's friends are still progressing as they did before a little faster, but it's still the same. Some things right. have changed. Draco, you know, as of these chapters, is booted from Hogwarts, and Snape is booted from Hogwarts. I mean, those things – Yeah, I really want to talk about that, by the way. Yeah, those things, those things were new, but will – Everything still work. I'm wondering if in, in Viridian story, we're still going to be on the astronomy tower at the end of sixth year because things are just ha- so. Can Harry change fate? Can Harry go back? Can can he accomplish anything? Because maybe it will work out exactly the same way because there's been no huge break between what happened before. You know, Sirius still escaped from prison. Like down the line, everything is working out roughly the same, but with some degree of difference. So. It's it's a very interesting question, what's going to happen next. Uh, Julia, why don't you jump on that? Wait, what? You said you wanted to talk about those things.
0: Yeah, I did really. I wanted to talk about Snape and um, the Malfoys and their behavior in that whole Chamber episode. Okay. And the way that they... I mean, I'm really curious about this. I mean, as far as we know, like I just don't understand why they would do that. I mean... Lucius is a petty vindictive asshole and he's raising his son to be the same way. But, what, like, I don't understand why Snape would do that. Viridian at this point is assuming that Snape is a Death Eater, right? Because this was pre Deathly Hallows. Yes. So he's assuming that Snape is a Death Eater. He's also assuming that Lucius is a Death Eater and Draco's next in line. So, why, why on God's green earth would you risk doing all of these things right under Dumbledore's nose for the ruin of a master who you know you don't know if he's ever gonna come back. You don't know if he's gonna be happy with the way you've acted. I mean, why would you do that? Why and, and Draco, like WTF mate, right? like why would he be so <laughs> reckless about everything? I mean Well yeah, the bad guys are challenging because... right like why?
1: Well, let's start with the last question. Well, us. I don't
3: think that anybody is, is, I think there are certain characters that are not getting credit for being as intelligent as they actually are <coughs> Dumbledore or, um, you know, those kinds of things. I just think that but
2: he's evil. Oh, sorry.
3: Yeah. Right. He's evil in this story, Jennifer.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about that too. Cause I don't
1: think <laughs> um, a, he's evil. not evil. The, he's not evil in the story. You people drink way he's too just, much prune juice. He's the-
3: He's not evil. He's he not, just not does- evil. He's yeah, <laughs> just manipulative. Yes. Evil. Harry has yeah. Harry has the same problem. I think Harry's problem with Dumbledore, and this is this is honest to goodness. I think Harry's real problem with Dumbledore is that Dumbledore's trying to manipulate everybody, and Harry's trying to manipulate everybody, and they're frustrating each other because nobody. If one of them's the master manipulator, then the other one is not the master
1: manipulator.
2: <laughs> so they're frustrating <laughs> so it's each a, other. It's a, okay. It's, it's a competition a, a between. It's not a
1: competition. It's, yeah. it's not a competition. Too like. I was talking to Jen the other day about Battlestar Galactica because I'm saying off Star Trek this week, do the court order. So <laughs> she was saying that, you know, there, there's a character named Colonel Ty who he, he's a screw up. He's a drunk and, 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 and he, he messes a lot of things up and, and he, he, he's a screw up guy. But he's a hard ass and he screams at everyone who is late for their shift or makes a mistake. And she's like, I hate that. He's so hypocritical. I'm like, let me ask you something. If you're a complete screw up, and you know you're a complete screw-up. And you hate yourself because you're a complete screw-up. Aren't you going to hate people who remind you of you? Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with Harry. Harry, I think, recognizes in Dumbledore himself and the things he's doing. And he resents it to some degree. And we know he resents it to some degree, or at least he's incredibly concerned about it. Because it said so in these chapters. So I really think that when Harry... Harry is concerned of becoming more like Dumbledore. So... He takes out that frustration on Dumbledore, if that makes any sense. That's a yeah.
2: really good point. I liked that analogy, actually.
1: Well, I've had two today. I had another one this morning. I know. That was brilliant. I explained the entire Steve Van Der leaky thing this morning in an example <laughs> about house guests and, I and saw paintball. that. That was really funny. It was funny. wonderful. It was wonderful. So, okay. That was hilarious. Well,
2: I was impressed. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, I also just want to say that... Um, you know, I agree with you, but I also think you can't entirely fault Dumbledore. Yes, he's manipulative. He yes, he's Machiavellian. But he doesn't know that Harry is like 30-year-old Harry in 12-year-old Harry's body. He doesn't know what's going on. I mean, how can you expect him to you know, to treat Harry with the respect that we all know that he deserves when Dumbledore doesn't know, that. Dumbledore doesn't know it?
1: I want to because ask
2: everyone, he is Neo of Harry let's, Potter.
1: Let's, let's move this conversation down a little bit because I want to talk about this. I literally almost drove my car. Like, I say every Again? Week, I almost dro- I I drove... I know. He's through, a reckless driver. I drove
2: through... Ryan, I want to get in the car with you. I drove Danielle, through... Yeah, you should hear Danielle
1: talk. I drove into the fast lane <laughs> ramp at, at the turnpike. I don't Do not have, have a fast No, lane? I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my friend did that once. Wait, don't have the Ryan, fast pass. Wait, Ryan, was this on the mass pike on the part with with, with the V...
1: No, this was uh the where was I it was at the Worcester Auburn exit.
0: Yes, dude, that is
1: exactly. That is exactly where my friend did the okay. exact same thing. Can we just bitch you- about the Turnpike for a minute? They've got like oh, three- they've got 8 lanes and one of them will take cars that want to pay with cash. And it's on oh, the far my- side of the highway, so you have to put your little blinker on. That dance floor
3: <laughs> in Johnson County. <laughs> that it Cut came out of the that way. I was driving, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: you have to drive like perpendicular across a highway because there's no way you, you don't have enough <laughs> oh my
0: space God. to get over there. Let me tell you, my friend Jeff my friend Jeff Peck and I were driving to Worcester and we got to that part and he gets into the easy pass lane without an easy pass. He then proceeds to say um, "Please, please excuse me. Backsaw. <laughs> you like, No, I actually, like... to the correct lane. Messing up traffic for God only knows how long. Just like, um, excuse me, please, I'm very sorry. I had to actually... I don't st- need yeah. to.
1: Like, I had to stop my car and hand money to the guy, but it, it was... And I I felt like saying, I'm so sorry, Dumbledore just tried to obliviate Harry, and you have no idea how bad that's going to work out <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> let me tell you this, that is the worst... That is... That was that I, I thought that was like the new direction for the story. And I thought to myself, Oh, he's good. He's very good. <laughs> okay, it was a dream. But let me just tell you, that was the, my favorite part of the story so far, because seriously, that's Harry's worst case scenario. Dumbledore yeah. puts him in a body lock, so he can't explain to Dumbledore that what he's going to do could literally destroy the universe. And Dumbledore's biggest failing is he thinks he's right, and he makes decisions that he thinks are right but could turn out to be very wrong. Because he's evil. No, he- Oh, can I, say how
0: much, can I say how much I loved that McGonagall is like the voice of reason in this fic? Oh, see, that I like, like Professor McGonagall She's just... Wonderful. It was. I love. Okay, I love Canon McGonagall, but this McGonagall, I might love even more than that. She was. She just not takes shit. Anyone, including Dumbledore. She rocks. Amazing. She's amazing. She was just like. Oh, miss you idiot! These Slytherins are trying to get him to, to knock him I out of the game, and you just accomplished their goal. And they totally are sleeping together. You're right. Yeah, they have <laughs> <to> even <be laughs> have Melinda to Leo
1: thinks they're sleeping <laughs> together. Can we just be clear on this, Melinda okay, can, Leo? That's
0: just Melinda is a brilliant woman, and so everything she says, I agree with.
1: Yes, and the, for, for those of that you
0: together, they are being gay. <laughs> oh, oh
1: crap! Forgot about that. That's okay. Right. Right. It was
0: before we knew this.
1: Crap! Forgot about that. All right, move on. she says
2: that he's gay?
1: Joe Rowling says that he's gay.
2: Yeah, I don't know what she's about. about. He's freaking <laughs> <laughs> We love
1: you. Jen,
0: Jen, what, what? Jen, just high-heeled, buckled shoes and purple robes.
2: He, he's, he's gay. He's not a leprechaun, he, he doesn't have
1: high heel <laughs> shoes on, does
2: he? <laughs> he does he a little was, dog. In <laughs> first, look at the very first the very description first about book, the, the very
8: first it's, description yeah. you ever see of him, he has on, <laughs>
6: As on he high, has high buckled boots <laughs> and purple suit. Dumbledore's
0: wearing okay, high
1: he heels in, in the first movie?
0: Yeah, in the, in the first book. And let's not forget that purple pimp suit he wears when he goes to yeah. visit, like, Young Hello. Tom Riddle.
8: Who missed that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I read that night okay. book. I, say, <laughs> I forget who That's I said okay. it to. I'm like, the man knows way too much about how to dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> anything, well, but...
8: a can you picture
1: harry it was... walking into dumbledore's office for the first time and he sees all of like the you know the little devices <laughs> everywhere and dumbledore comes walking down from his giant high you know like cathedral like desk and chair saying my office is fabulous like
0: <laughs> i was actually just thinking have you ever seen the movie in and out yeah Kevin Klein. Yes. okay you know that scene where he like is trying to convince himself that he's not gay and so he puts he puts on this tape of um like disco-ness and the tape is telling out of like stop that dancing stop that you pansy stop it <laughs> just imagine Dumbledore doing that and Harry
1: walking in <laughs> <laughs> like what is going on here that's oh, why my. we have fan fiction moments like <laughs> oh, no, let, me, let, let, me, let me talk about this that, I I, I, that whole scene with, with, with the nightmare it Like, the, you know, I'm picturing to myself, okay, now, is the story going to become one where Harry forgets the future, but everyone else has to remind him that he had this? Because I'm like, because that's not going to get confusing or cause a lot of exposition in the story. <laughs> and then, luckily, we were all right there because Dumbledore destroyed the universe and blew up the entire borough, killing everyone. And all I can think of is, <laughs> Jen's never going to let me live this moment down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I'll what have to, on? and I'll More be the one who, and I'll, and I'll
1: be the one who has to be like, you know, Jen. Although he did kill everybody, he didn't mean <laughs> it, Jen. He was trying. Well, <laughs> oh. If only Harry told. I think I'm thinking to myself. Number one, how the hell did Dumbledore get in? Because they have ADT here, and Dumbledore doesn't know the yes. ADT <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing I thought is how did Dumbledore piece the? Like, the really, the whole thing together, because that's a lot for even Dumbledore. From the last scene, he's really progressed a great deal. But <laughs> yeah. the moment after that, which I really <laughs> liked, was Hermione Granger Longbottom and their,
0: oh, and their husband. Because everybody else had died. Who else was she going to marry? Because
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I was reading that going, because Dumbledore obliviates Harry... Hermione marries Neville. And that was around, in in fairness to myself Uh, at the point, that was the moment where I almost violated Massachusetts. law. But then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh yeah, Neville. Now, how does it feel to be Neville? Not only number one, are you stuck under a piece of like your chimney? Number two, (laughs) your lung is punctured and you're like breathing blood. But number three, the only reason your wife married you was everyone else. Good was dead.
2: <laughs> wow, that is just
1: Lord, it's pretty heavy. Question four: Where was Luna? Yeah,
0: maybe when the burrow blew up, it kind of had the Yellowstone effect and took out all of Ottery St.
1: Catchpole.
2: Yellowstone is real; uh. it's going to happen. This is <laughs> horrific. I feel like we're being blasphemous towards the super volcano.
1: In, like, like 650,000 years, though. No, not...
2: this is 650,000 year from when it happened. Like, like it's any day.
0: Any so day. did we ever finish talking about Snape?
1: And I don't the think mouthful? so, but hold on. We have to, we have to calm <laughs> this situation down. Jen, okay. are you suggesting that...
2: <laughs> any it, day.
1: Did they tell you that when you were there? Yes! They it's said, proven. dependably, it's going to ha- Why haven't we started evacuations yet, Jen?
2: Because they're waiting for the earthquakes to get more together. But you know what? The earthquakes are already... Pretty close together, Jen. I'm not lying, Jen. Look at us. Did everyone
0: Jen? see the Colbert report? Of the episode where it was like <laughs> the fifth sure. anniversary of the San Francisco earthquake of 1906. No. Did anyone see that episode? Missed okay, it. Colbert Hi, is sitting Jen. there and he has this whole monologue, and he goes, "Well, guys, since tragedy plus com- tra- wait was it tragedy plus time equals comedy? Knock knock. Who's there? San Francisco earthquake of 1906. San Francisco earthquake of 1906 who? The San Francisco earthquake of 1906 killed 3000 people. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon.
1: Let me just say this. Let me just say this. I am too busy worried about the mega tsunami to give a damn about Yellowstone at the moment. There's
2: a tsunami you... now?
1: Yes. That's what's going to get me and Julia. The rest of you have to deal yep. with being melted. Wait.
2: Where's lava. the tsunami? I
0: haven't even heard of it.
1: Well, apparently it's going to wipe out the East Coast and you guys are going to melt on the West Coast. So you're are you a...
0: serious? Yes. Oh, well, you know, I don't know, Ryan. There's a fault line under Connecticut, so we could have an earthquake.
1: Oh, God. My car is going to be parked there all weekend. We're just going just... to all end
2: up in Kansas. I don't <laughs> Oh God! We have you know can- I've
0: been to Kansas, and I have to say I really love Connecticut after being in Kansas.
1: There's no. I love way you, G- G- I love cool. you.
0: You need to move here. All
1: right, let's There's talk about Snape.
0: Oh, and you can take Amanda. You no, can bring him, to- that, and You can bring your cousin Andy. But that's it. Oh, and your your for next your roommate Maria. You can bring her too. Every like the rest of Kansas can just like blow up with Yellowstone.
1: Okay, we no, apologize it's a to the car! Okay. Julia, <laughs> not quick! Not talk about Snape. Julia, go. go. Wait,
2: I yeah. want to talk about something first.
1: About first. before Snape, to, okay?
2: Yes, before Snape. Can I just talk about my favorite part, real quick? Yes. How, can we talk about Jenny's Valentine through the singing gnome?
1: This is my prediction for the story. Now, I, now those of you who listened last week, you know, will remember my plan. But now I have a new audience because everyone here is uh, is a fresh slate from the last episode. And Jen, who was here, was unfortunately dying and missed the entire thing. So I'm Wait,
0: I just want to clarify that we didn't not listen to last week's episode. Last week's episode hasn't been released at the time we're recording this one. So we're not socking off, we just
2: have not finally haven't heard- you're you all exolved, whatever. Okay.
1: Ab- all right. I think I have all Thank you. The agent in place carefully folded the leather he received. Uh, Among the veiled insults and threats were some very specific instructions. Things are not progressing as they should, and he was to ascertain why. He laid back in the bed and stared up at the canopy. As he lay back on his bed and stared up at the canopy, he pondered his options. He had a fair idea of the source of his difficulties, but direct action was out of the question at this time. Okay. It was rather like Wizarding Chess jumping down a couple lines, which made me think, okay, Ron is a spy, but apparently not. So I'm just going down here now. Let me just say this. I'm going to read to you. So we have that, okay? Yeah. Now, everyone who has listened to last week's is like, I know what he's saying, but, you know, this is fun because I'm the only one here who does, so I live for moments like this. Okay. Now, we're now jumping to Valentine's Day. His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. His hair is as dark as a blackboard. I wish he was mine. He's really divine. The hero who conquered the Dark Lord. Now... We think this is Ginny again repeating history, and Harry even thinks to himself, you know.
2: Oh, Lord. He's embarrassed.
1: Right. Now, he's thinking to himself, you know, it's the karma thing, right? Okay. So Harry goes to Ginny and says, and, and, you know, includes Ginny in that he knows she was the one who sent the valentine. And Fred and George were mocking her for it, and he stands up to Fred and George and threatens the hell out of Fred and George. I appreciate what you did, but I did not send that valentine. Harry raised an eyebrow. During the short time they'd dated at Hogwarts, his future self and the other Ginny had laughed about that awful poem. Why did this Ginny feel the need to lie? He began to get a cold feeling in his stomach. Ginny coughed. Well, I did write the poem, but that was a long time ago, before we'd even exchanged leathers, and I was having a particularly silly day, and she took a deep breath and appeared to calm herself. I looked at that awful thing after I'd written it and decided that it would never see the light of day. I most certainly did not send you with a dwarf to sing it. (laughs)
6: <laughs> Harry put his hands
1: in a placating gesture as the light began to dawn. I believe you, he said quickly, and I think we don't need to look too far for suspects, do we? And obviously, he, they assume that Fred and George took the Valentine out of Ginny's room and, you know, brought it to Hogwarts and, and set the whole thing up. Now, it's very possible that's what happened. Let me just throw this idea out here. Draco Malfoy mm-hmm. in the future. I'm going to throw an idea out here. I'm going to throw an idea out here right now.
6: An idea.
1: Draco Draco Malfoy from the future disappeared. Harry never killed him. He vanished off the face of the planet. What if Draco Malfoy came back in time with the express purpose of trying to save his father or in some way ensure that Voldemort won or do something to save himself? What if he went back in time and...
0: Wait, so now we have two people time traveling? Yes, and the Wampping Willow is an animagus, and is secretly Shakes <laughs> who also has a time turner in his back pocket, and was therefore able to go back and save everyone. But
1: here's the thing: what if Draco sent the Valentine because he remembered it from the first time, mocking Harry? So he is throwing in Harry's face the fact that he knows something that's going to happen from the future. What if Draco's
8: dr- too stupid to do it?
1: No, this yeah, is a Draco. That- no, this is here's the thing: he may have had help. We don't know. We don't know when he would have done it. This is Draco. No, Draco's
8: too stupid. But here's the thing. No, here's
1: the only reason I think this, though. When you read through these chapters, if you read Draco during the scene with the Valentine, Draco is staring. The way. he behaves in the way he is described in the great hall in that scene. It, it implies that Draco knows more than is going on and who he is looking at in the glare in his eyes. There seems to be more there than just Draco being an ass. I don't think so.
0: You know, I mean, I first of it's all, just so we, a stupid sometimes, anxious. yeah, some, you <laughs> know, sometimes a tree is just a tree, Ryan. And I, i think <laughs> watched AFK too many times.
2: There's plots inside plots.
0: In, in this case, I really think that Draco is being an uber-ass. Like, not just an ass, but a first-rate jackass schmuck. I would, like, suck himself really? for him into next Thursday. Like, this is, I think, the kind of behavior we're seeing. And I think that, he, like, I mean, the insinuation of Ginny as a whore is just one of the worst things you can possibly say to someone, short of calling him a mudblood. And to oh, do especially that... Especially like,
8: until she was wizard. 11 years old. Yeah, especially, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. There's, so I really think that the glint in his eye was just like, hey, look at me. I am the biggest – like I am saying the worst possible thing that I can to you and you can't do anything about it. Ha ha. Okay. Hang on.
8: I couldn't possibly be more of a pretentious cock than I am right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. pretty much. Right.
1: <laughs> hang on. Before we move on for one second, I just want to read this one line and then I'll leave it there. I will say this. There's a line in there somewhere about Draco glaring. He shouldn't be glaring. Something about the glare rubbed me the wrong way. The fact that Draco disappeared in the future rubbed me the wrong way. The fact that I I am waiting for the point where Fred and George say, we never suck into your room. And the the thing smells weird. It would be a great plot point if Ridian picked it up. At least I think. I have no idea. I am going down... You know, I, I I have fallen on my sword for for Pansy Parkinson being a gardener, you no, know, but I am going for this
8: one. <laughs> I'm nice. already so, there. I will commit to your Pufuanian wall map, Brian.
1: Okay, please God, please God, let <laughs> Drake be from the future because I want the damn wall map because I haven't. <laughs> it oh my something gosh, that's
2: so funny. All
1: right. Watch this is true, and Gemma will be like, oh my god, I said that too in the beginning. I I said that. I said Drake was in the future.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just like
8: salt. I'll be eating my words, and I'll have have post-it notes, you know, taped to my nose, and I'll be like, oh, (laughs) damn. Just be sure to take the (laughs) Brian.
1: I'm gonna email Matt. I'm like, okay, here's what I need you to do. I need you to write a subplot about Draco being from the future. The whole
6: time. Yes. <laughs>
3: I'm already. Is anybody else like already formulating their questions for him? Because I like, I That's okay. to... gonna be
1: my first question. At what point did you decide that Draco Malfoy was a time traveler?
2: <laughs> what what I want to know is, Ryan, is he keeping in touch with you via email? I mean, is he? Has he been responding to the podcast? I mean, usually yes, we have. He posted, yes, I... he
1: posted comments on um, the last episode to be released today.
2: Dang. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. I haven't seen that yet. Okay, good. Because usually our authors do, and I was just wondering if he yep. was contributing in that. He
1: does. Good.
2: Is he, is he being positive? <laughs> I thought he was. Yes.
6: Yeah. He's good.
0: being positive. I mean, is
2: he, he's being proactive about it, right? Yes. Like, he's not like, oh, my God, they're awful people.
0: No he th- thinks he has better toilet stories than she.
1: That was the general yeah. theme from some members of his Yahoo group, who I don't think were accustomed to the, to the Lady G Plumbing Hour. But other than that, I think it's going very, very well. <laughs>
2: okay, good. Okay, My that's plumbing
1: all story. This week was great, though. That you would, have to. It was
2: really good. It was really
1: good. Bob the plumber I... is officially appearing. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, when you guys meet Viridian, just someone, please ask him what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow. <laughs> if
2: he gets well, the you chance, you know, he Can
1: you, can you is... uh, send us a voicemail on that, please?
2: Yeah, you should. <laughs> sure. Please, please, will you?
1: All right, I will be glad to. No way in hell am I going to remember to ask him <laughs> that. Right. I
2: don't even remember. would be okay, glad to ask
1: him that. All right, so we should probably I... move on because I think Jen is probably sitting in her office right now saying, I want to go. I home.
2: am. It's t- Well, no, I'm not saying that, but I am saying, wow, it's dark here and I hate <laughs> being here at night alone.
1: But other than that, you're fine. You keep going. Okay, good.
2: But other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I just know trying- what you
0: guys all thought about Snape and Malfoy.
3: I thought, I had, I thought that things. was probably not the best
0: move for Harry.
1: That was probably not the best move for Snape. Well, or yeah. Snape. I don't think
0: Harry had anything to do with Draco stunning him from behind, knocking him down a flight of stairs, stealing his invisibility cloak, parading as him in Polyjuice Potion, and then sending Ginny the diary. Yeah, that was a really bad move for Harry.
3: <laughs> no, I just don't think that like that would be like the best. Like I don't think that that's the best turn of events for Harry, is what I mean. Because now he can't really like you know how he campaigned to get because to replace Snape. I never thought that was a good idea because I think that you should keep your friends close but your enemies closer. Yeah, that's not. He should have for him. Yeah, he should have just kept an eye on Snape. That's what I think.
1: Just like seriously, who thinks you know like Snape and and and. Malfoyer, right now, like out there, you know, antiquing. Like, this is not going to go. No,
0: I'm, <laughs> sure they're, like training no. Draco and Death Eater tactics. Yeah. Like, yeah.
8: yeah. I, I, I I'm sure them.
0: they're having evil powwows
3: and smoking evil peace pipes and, you know,
8: listening evil- to evil
3: wizard rock.
8: Totally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. they're out there wrecking havoc. They're out exactly.
3: there with Malfoys. They're going to every Parcel Malfoy concert they can get their hands on to and just kind of...
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, run this by me again, though. In the original timeline, they decide, hey, wouldn't it be a great idea if, you know, while, while I, Lucius Malfoy, guy with great hair, am walking by <laughs> Ginny Weasley, I will put the Horcrux, which I don't know was a Horcrux, in her cauldron, and, you know, the the Dark Lord now has a new you know, thing to, you know, suck the life out of. Now, okay, doesn't work out too well. And so they need to get, well, no, I suppose but, it did work out all right, because they needed to get the, the diary back, and then when they got the diary back, why not just send it to Ginny because it was worth it? Yeah, okay, never mind. I have no problem. I
0: worked Ryan, you ahead. forget that he didn't know that it was a Horcrux and that he didn't give it to Ginny, um, you know, to further the Dark Lord's... Um, well, no, you know, he, What do you like? He did it for his own personal gain to get the Muggle Protection Act stopped.
1: That's yeah, true. he
8: gave it to. He just put it in the Weasley's hands because it was. Right. Arthur's oh, kid. that's
1: right. So then, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm backing up the bus again. So he did. So that. So it's a convenient thing for him. But now that it's locked in Harry's trunk.
0: How did he know it was in Harry's trunk? Is something I want to know.
1: Yeah. Like, well, no. My thing was okay. It seems like well, I guess. Based on that, then, it seems like, okay, it's one thing to, you know, be able to walk down the street and put the thing in the cauldron and solve all your problems. But it's another thing to have your kid, you know, knock the guy out, steal, break into his room, rummage through his, his stuff, steal the thing, mail the thing to the guy's girlfriend to tell sort her. Sort of. Like, that just seems like a lot. Like, that's like, you know... There, there's like fifty thousand. dollars That's above and beyond. Yeah, there's like fifty thousand <laughs> like, dollars in Brahminil envelope at stake in yeah, that one. That like, seems
0: at that point you are trying to get him expelled from Hogwarts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there is no possible way you can think that that's going to end well for anyone. I mean, unless you're like a complete idiot, but, which I mean, Malfoy is many things, but totally stupid he is not.
1: But who here could picture? Well, do we have a
0: discussion about that. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Self
2: preservation. He's he's number one, but like, yeah, I, I pretty much think he's an idiot.
0: Yeah, but like, how did how did they not think that they weren't going to get in trouble? I mean, maybe it's just because they're they're the Malfoys, they can get out of anything with enough money. Maybe I like I would buy that, but I mean, at some point you have to realize that I mean, this is just going way too far, and for what? A master who's you know disappeared twelve years ago, and you're not sure if he's coming back. Yeah, it seems you know, a little Something something is not right here, and I, for one, when Viridian will hopefully, God willing, finish his story sometime soon, because I broke my WIP rule, and I don't make me regret that, Veridian. Um, or Matt. He, is is or David Matt. Yeah, don't, don't make me regret breaking this rule for you. I wouldn't break it for cheap. Don't make me regret this decision. Yeah, but when he weird. finishes the
2: story, it's like, big deal.
0: I want, like, I re- I'm going to be really curious to know what was going on. When they thought that would be a good idea, and like I would not be surprised to see them come back like more trained, more fit than ever, and like ready to kill.
1: Who here could picture Alan Rickman in that scene standing behind Dumbledore's desk with his arms crossed in, with Albus trying around Severus? Did you, you know, instruct one student to, to you know fatally attack another?
0: No, I don't think Alan Rickman is that stupid. No,
3: I <laughs> <think> <laughs> like, can you picture him standing there, I think Alan Rickman at that point would be like, um, can we have somebody fix this?
1: Because <laughs> I'm not
8: saying yeah. this.
3: <laughs> no, <but laughs> you know I mean? It's like, can so you so picture
1: isn't... just the one line? I'm picturing him from from the of the Phoenix. Of... Yes. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he would be able to deliver that one line very yeah.
0: See for some reason like I saw the movie the sorcerer's stone before I read the book and so I like I picture
1: Alan Rickman as Snape. I love the scene where Dumbledore announces that Snape is leaving to go further, you know, studies of potions and he's going to bowl a lot. Oh yeah, you know. We hope that
8: mm-hmm. you, you know, we hope that he's, you know, going to we hope he f- has Why can I talk
0: tonight? <laughs> <laughs> i sorry, I been it's late.
8: Yeah, it's My like kid he- is sleeping even here, and I'm still stuttering and blathering all over well, myself. I, love,
1: I just love it, because cause he basically gets up there and gives this totally BS reason for why Snape is leaving to pursue, you know... He, to pursue opportunities elsewhere and to spend more time with his family and do the health reasons. And everyone's yeah, cheering so for 20 reason. minutes. And Dumbledore's like, this is amazing. Everyone wishes him well so much. This is just <laughs> wonderful. I'm just like, oh, shut up. But I just yeah. thought that was great. Oh, Dumbledore. I wish P.S. Was here. We'll have to have a PS discussion on horse Slughorn next week. But...
0: Oh, yes. Oh, that was funny no. because when I was reading that, I thought the same thing. I, I did too. I cannot read Slow without going O P S anymore.
1: Glad like, that she like owns the character because she's the only one who writes fix about him.
2: It's sort of like it's sort of like John uh, John you know John Noe with
0: the John Noe and Dolish. Dude, Dolish. I cannot think about Dolish without thinking about John Noe either.
2: I know well, every I
1: time. What's up with Dolish and and McNair walking around all the saying catch shooting suspected dogs who might be serious black like. What was up with that? Wait, what? Uh, well, I guess
0: they they had them out searching just in case Sirius showed up anywhere. I don't know.
1: Dawlish and McNair?
2: Oh, well, yeah. And Harry, McNair. like, kills them.
0: I guess McNair, in this fic, they made him an or or something. He's, he's an ex- the, um, what do you call it, the Executioner, right?
1: Yeah. In he wasn't an or, was he?
0: No, not in canon. Dolish wasn't horror. Yeah, but why but in this one, Dolish McNair and McNair?
1: Was- yeah, that seems like why is McNair there? That seems that's like I don't know. Let's send, let's it's send, possible for me and just flinted. Yeah, it's like send your your cop out, and it's like sending like the cop and the well, no, maybe McNair is the animal control officer. You <laughs> <He> killed <laughs> Buck There's a dog on the loose. <laughs> Possibly. That like McNair is
0: there just in case they find him.
1: I could buy that. McNair's job during the 13-year downfall of Voldemort was animal control. I can buy that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's okay with me. And he walks around well, with that Well, it bitch.
0: basically was, wasn't it? He was the executioner for the Committee of the Regulation and Control of Magical
1: Creatures. This is true. This is true. So, Ryan, you are right. I, got, I finally got one, and I'm very excited about that. All right. Um, I think we're getting near the end tonight, which is probably our shortest discussion on story, but probably our heaviest discussion on actual plot so I'm very impressed with that. Uh, anything anyone else wanted to bring to the table before we leave? Any plot points, favorite scenes, favorite quotes?
0: Um, Is there anything else I didn't talk to? We didn't talk about Harry hiring Lupin to teach them over the summer.
8: We didn't talk about Melissa Bolstrode. Who would have thought yeah, her name would be
1: Melissa? Too. Melissa. Like, I, I can't picture Millicent and Melissa. I don't know. Like, I just
8: was- thought she was so funny. It just cracked
1: me up. She scared she the was- shit <laughs> out of the twins. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. I am willing to admit the fact that maybe Draco Malboy isn't a time traveler. If it involves the fact that Harry can get back <laughs> at the twins by send I can't remember, what did he do? Send a letter to Millicent, supposedly from them. And she kinda like comes over and like kicks their tires and says, I'll take you both, and they just like run for help. <laughs> yeah.
8: <laughs> <laughs> She's totally stalking them, and then finally Harry owns up and he's like, Uh, you know, I, I really, really just did that to. Oh,
1: sorry, I'm, we're, we're getting a, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Just say that again. Uh, it was okay. Oh, hey someone's moving their mic a What the hell? Did someone's mic just fall in the washing machine? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julia. What is going on?
2: What is this?
1: Julia?
2: <laughs> they put it in the dryer.
1: <laughs> Julia? <laughs> Julia, are you alright?
2: <laughs> are you in a tornado?
0: I'm not in a tornado. The I'm not in a tornado. Hold on. Did Yellowstone blow up already? <laughs>
1: it's the shockwave approaching.
0: Is
2: it the tsunami? <laughs> Wait, can you
0: guys hear me right now?
1: Yeah, but you sound like.
2: You're in a tunnel, dude.
0: I <laughs> am. Okay, fine. My headset decided to suck. So now I'm on the, what do you call it, and I'm going to be right back. I'm going to get my other mic. Hold on. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> Don't go.
2: <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Jen, do
1: you have a few more minutes just to finish this?
2: Yeah. If I start screaming, we'll know I stayed too long.
1: Why? Because is that when the...
2: Because then I'll be dead and the tattoo people <laughs> down the street will come in like their gangs will kill me. Do you
1: have tattoo people down the street?
2: We have like a, ta- like they're new. They just put in this fancy schmancy tattoo parlor and like, but all these like motorcycle gang people keep like coming up Why to Why don't I just
1: call you in your cell phone? Uh-huh. <laughs> or, oh my God. Uh-huh. No, I'm
2: honestly fine. I'd rather just stay and, okay. and finish. Can you guys hear me I, out? I better you meet. I gotta... exactly
1: the same. I do?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Are you standing <laughs> across the room? It's like open mic night (laughs) Just start singing, Julia (laughs) When I was young (laughs) All Let's try and
1: put Chi back in Because Chi is the voice of calm and reason
2: She's like, I hate my sink (laughs) (laughs) She was so
1: violent towards the sink, though
2: Tonight has been really fun I've enjoyed it
1: Chi, you there?
8: I'm here.
2: Wait, do I sound like
0: I'm across the room? You really do. Oh, you sound like you're in a I cave. Don't it's like it. karaoke night, dude. Just see, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I have three different mics. There's the mic that comes in my computer, and I have two headsets. You know what? <laughs> she mics. has like a whole sound <laughs> system. <laughs> I don't have a sound system. Hold on.
2: <laughs> she sounds a little aggravated.
1: <laughs> <I think> it's <laughs> your <laughs> fault because <laughs> Jen's poking <bogear. laughs> her. You sound crappy how you doing
2: are
6: you a little cranky? <laughs> i'm sorry it's
1: like i couldn't breathe earlier today and it had to be husband-wise i don't care if i offend you anymore i'm
2: just tired like
7: <laughs> so what did i, I miss <laughs> I don't know what I'm laughing, it's no seriously <laughs> so we're well, My computer
3: was stupid. What did I miss? Gen 2 had Man, a very I profound point,
1: and then Juliet threw I, her so, microphone I'm into it. I'm sorry, the you're board. just gonna
0: have to hear me, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Crack. <laughs>
2: what I want to know is why is it sound like it was going through a Tumblr? <laughs> I don't know. What is going on? One minute my I was
6: working the next minute it was in the dryer. I
1: was like, shy. We're making this one on the end of this episode. I'm Julia, sorry.
2: Celia, did, did a tornado come through? I already asked that. I love how she's oh,
1: space. You know it's a bad time when she pulls you aside and says that your microphone is cold. It sucks. It's possible. I it. I'm
0: sitting here. I have
2: a headset. It's plugged in. stuck yeah. so in this is really funny to me. <laughs> I love iron. No. Right.
1: There, there's so many different things. I mean, we're going to, what we'll do next week is we're going to cover uh, five additional chapters next week, but we're going to read any points that you think we missed tonight. Definitely send in voicemails, email us post in the forum, and we're going to bring them all.
3: And we would week. not be surprised by the way.
1: Yeah. If we, if we let something <laughs> slip through this well-oiled machine, it's <laughs> <that> <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm sure so Bob the
0: plumber is gonna Stop
1: leave us a I love how we missed chapter twenty-seven through twenty-nine, but we got Bob the plumber in. Like, <laughs> <And laughs>
0: uh,
1: we, we didn't miss all of that. Hold on. Oh, I
2: wait, did we talk did about get parts of it in there? Did we talk about Percy and his um promise to that us? was
1: great? The Percy. I want to talk about that. Talk about that.
2: I actually I didn't like this part. I didn't like it because okay, I like that he wrote it in there. I didn't like Harry's. What Harry did. I didn't like the character Harry. Okay. What he did. Because I thought it was a little egotistical and, and sort of rude. But at the same time, I see the necessity of it.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I like that Percy did, like he made the, I'm guessing it was the unbreakable vow, even though it was a little strangely done. No, I took
1: it to be an oath. It wasn't. An oath? was It was an oath.
2: But it was sort of a magical one. Like, so, in a way, to me, it made it feel like it was definitely a commitment. Or pain of death or something.
1: It didn't seem to be a commitment so much as it seemed that at the moment the person was saying it, they believed it to be true.
2: But at the same time, that's all that Harry did when he was telling Sirius about all his stuff. Like, you'd think he'd make a little bit better backup plan. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm just saying. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, but I didn't like that Percy's like, I protect all the Weasleys, but Harry, I don't see you as family. Well, he's I a thought jackass. that was a little That was. Hard. Yeah. Well, great. I uh, was he, like,
1: wow. he was raised by the woman who told her only daughter that when the boy that she liked bought her secondhand robes, she was an evil scarlet woman. Like <laughs> <laughs> Weasleys tend to be mildly harsh in their judgments. I just have to-
2: so, so he, he he takes after Molly then. Yeah.
1: I wanna read this one sec now th- this is my section I'm gonna leave with tonight. She remembered talking about the killing curse once and how you really had to hate your target to make it work. The thought of a future the thought of future Harry hated himself enough to use the curse on himself was horrifying enough. But now with all she'd learned today, she realized that it was indeed possible for her to hate someone that much. Now she learned that things didn't work out always work out for the best and that she too could learn to hate even to kill realizations like that had to be part of why harry acted so differently it wasn't like you could learn such things and still be a child could they jenny slowly realized as they approached the portrait that her childhood had ended that was why she felt so unsettled there was a proper time and place for discarding childish things and not like not quite 12 seemed a bit young for that then she looked over at Harry, his features settling back into what she recognized as his public face. He needs me, she thought. It was both a scary and powerful feeling. Maybe growing up fast wouldn't be so bad after all. I mean, that's pretty much, I think, where the story has brought these characters. They've never been normal kids. 16-year-olds never think to themselves, I need to defeat the, you know the bad guy before I die. But Harry does. I mean, th- these are... This is, Harry Potter and through it fan fiction is always going to be the tale of extraordinary people in situations they never should be in. But I definitely think that if you can get past-
0: actually, Ryan, I think it's the opposite.
1: Really, what do you think it is?
0: I, I think, think it's it. ordinary people in extraordinary situations.
1: Would I say extraordinary people in ordinary situations.
0: Yeah, you said extraordinary people in situations they shouldn't be in. But I, think- I just think it's ordinary, like or- everyday people, just like put into these. Ridiculous situations and having to prove themselves.
1: Yeah, and uh, but I think but I think the, the I think thing. the point though is is yeah yeah I think it's the same thing I think it's your way is a more precise way of saying it but I think the, the 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 point I really want to stress is that the situation changes the person and I think that yes yeah. if if the if the trio went to Hogwarts and they had perfectly normal lives would they have you know become the people they would otherwise you know that they did become in the canon maybe not maybe you know they always had that it's like the thing about presidents go down your list of presidents who are your favorite presidents well lincoln you know and and, and kennedy and and,
0: i'm a big fan of garfield
1: the people who are remembered as the as the greatest presidents you know like if you go down the list who who are the three best best presidents um you know roosevelt lincoln and washington the reason for that is they're the presidents who were happened to be in office when extraordinary events happened no one remembers Millard Fillmore you know what I mean like no one remembers James Garfield other than the fact that he was shot I mean that was his big the biggest event of his life was the day he was shot I mean so yes Harry Potter and his friends are remembered and they are great and and they had that potential during really difficult times if the difficult times didn't happen I think they still would have had that potential so that's kind of where I am there but I think that was just a really great moment I wanted to stress Jan, I good agree.
2: thought. My final thought. Sorry, I'm like yeah, getting my little cup of iced tea right here. <laughs> uh,
0: Jan, I- I'm so glad I live in New England right now. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that, honey? Because I don't have to hear people talk like you on a daily basis. <laughs> Love oh, I, so love so sorry, Jean, I love her. you. I'm sorry, I love you. I'm sorry, Jen. I love you. You're just very difficult to understand.
1: Since the <laughs> person who just broadcasts me inside of a drawer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you don't That's have the point. right. I don't get to complain. Right.
2: Am I really that hard to understand? What?
0: No, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was no. See, oh, problem, I I'm like, it's not that I'm not used to your accent. I'm used to the accent from the old country. Jen, too. Is this like what Peoncast is like? No, not at all.
1: Why? How's it different? <laughs> oh, are y'all organized and stuff? Oh no, <laughs> Mike's over there. <laughs> no, actually, we are. He's, really?
8: He's such a nice guy. We well, have a. Wow. Na- you have we a twi- are very organized.
1: You have a. Twi- really? You have a twenty-minute limit, so you know. No,
8: no. Well, no. Well, not because of the twenty-minute limit, but just because Kiz and I we don't we don't
1: put up they with a lot of well shit. <laughs> Much like myself. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. clearly had faster Huggles. You don't take any shit from anyone, do you? Oh, no, not at all. I'm like, oh, you're in the dryer? Oh, yeah, keep podcasting. That's <laughs> <very interesting>. <laughs> <laughs> I realize at some point this is going to be an unedited edition of Barfake Weekly, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, good
8: lord. <laughs> no, I mean, we have our share. Believe me. I mean, my god.
0: Listen to the promo.
1: <laughs> yeah. <sighs>
0: Yeah, don't worry about it. Phonecast is not exactly the most well oiled machine either, so fear not. I
8: mean, I was I was pretty proud of myself. I mean, I put out a promo where Kaz and I were
1: both gay, so
8: Mazatov.
0: <laughs> Did I hear oh, that? Oh
2: yeah.
8: Have you not clicked on it yet?
1: The one you sent me yesterday I haven't clicked on yet. I was gonna do that today.
8: Well <laughs> no, but I mean I put out we put out the promo, so if you've gone on the forum and You've seen oh, my signature, seen. or Tina's, or P.S.'s, or Keza's. Oh, I all of our fi- signature banners. If you click on that little banner, it'll pop up a little one-minute. Oh, promo. I knew it did
1: that. I just thought it was a banner banner. <sighs> it's a, it's a link to Ryan. It's well, a link. Excuse me, I didn't know that. Let's click <laughs> on it. <laughs> so let's click here. Uh, I- there's no reason for anybody
3: to think that if you click there, something would happen. It just says click there. <laughs> Come on, Jen. Okay, now I'm listening
1: to the promo I'm in the middle of recording this podcast. I need you to stop.
0: All right. Awesome. <laughs> Wait, how is
1: that fair? It's oh, yeah, I'm not. That's that the why I cook. said I must stop. All right. <laughs> you know what we're going to do next week? There's so many points in these chapters we didn't get to. We didn't get to Ginny kicking Harry's ass in the dueling tournament. We didn't get to a lot more of the Percy moments and whatnot. So we're going to go back next week. We're going to cover the last five chapters, but we're going to go back and get everything that we missed. Cause I think there's, no- there
8: was a lot, there was a lot because I'm a fast reader and I read all fricking afternoon. There's a lot in there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to talk about Gen 2, before we end the podcast tonight? Because you put in a lot of effort. <laughs> Karaoke. <Okay. laughs> I'll have to go back in the dryer before we do karaoke.
4: Yes. (laughs) I can't be saying it's rain and shirts. Gen 2, talk right
1: over cheat. Talk right over (laughs) cheat.
4: I loved (laughs) the (laughs)
8: Melissa Bolstrode. I loved the Harry and Jenny goodness parts.
2: Oh, yes. I went, oh.
8: There there were some really sweet little Harry and Jenny moments that.
2: When he kissed her on the forehead after the thing, yes, yeah. and he missed. Like, oh, okay. Can we talk about that really quick? Because I love like the shaky, uncomfortable feelings because he remembered a kiss that had happened before. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, heart angst. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah. Movie. He hates angst so well. Oh,
8: so yeah. So and good. then after he tell, after he tells, after he after they all learn about it and. She goes and watches him fly. He's flying, and she's watching okay. him, and he comes down, and they're walking back up to the school, and she's like, we we were more than friends, weren't we? And he says yes, and we she were lovers. She
1: just says good. Well, Harry's so afraid to tell her that because he doesn't know what her re- – because Harry, of course, is a moron at all times and doesn't know what her reaction to that will be.
8: <laughs> but I thought that that was just – I thought the Viridian handled that really well because they are
2: just still 12, you know,
8: and he really doesn't need to go into anything more than that. And exactly. Right. And they still, he still is handling it really well for them being the age that they are. And, you know, they're not getting into anything too heavy at this point and, and they are still being, you know, appropriate for their age. And so, It just was so cute. Yeah. It's very sweet. I was feeling all... I was having all these um, awe moments, and I was just like, oh, this is so harry Jenny yumminess. And and I was thinking, (laughs) oh, Melinda probably loves this too.
6: (laughs) It's good. It's
1: good. Well, that's the one thing too. It's like when you read through it, you have to picture that Harry has seen such terrible things happen to these people that he must enjoy the fact that he can have a relationship with Ginny or a friendship with Ginny at this point that is so innocent and so simple. But then at the same time, you know, and he even thinks to himself, you know... like there's even a line in there where he's like, you know, the, an adult Harry trying to rebuild his relationship with the younger doppelganger of his lost love was more than a little creepy. So <laughs> yeah.
6: like, he, he gets
1: that. I mean, that's worked in there. That's handled very well. And there is a lot of discussion, which I appreciate, about is this the same Ginny? This Ginny responds differently in certain situations. She's withdrawn sometimes, where other Ginny is very loud and very in your face. And, and that's important. The one thing I just did want to say. I I hope it's explored more. I don't think it hasn't really been yet, and I I would really like to see more of it. Is okay? You're telling like Hermione sits down with her little notepad and asks every event that's going to happen over the next six years, and Ron doesn't want to know. But Harry tells Ginny that she was, you know, mutilated at Hogwarts. The reactions on their on their end Mm -hmm. seems very muted. Like, if you're told in exquisite detail, here's how you're going to die, you know, beyond how you feel for the person who just told that to you and whether it makes a difference in your friendship to that, that person, knows, beyond all of that, that's, you've got to, like, walk home and be in the daze for a couple of days after hearing that. That's going to be able to have an impact on you, and I, I'm hoping in future chapters that's something that plays more on, especially Hermione and Ginny, and, and not really <coughs> on, but...
3: What did I tell? What was our conversation earlier today, Ryan? You were reading that Hermione. scene,
1: and you were very, you were very, very, <laughs> you were very sad. You were very sad. That scene. I was
3: very sad. Yes, 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 I was. <laughs> about what? <laughs> um, I, you know what? I like Hermione. I was just, I didn't. I, that scene. I think of all the scenes that they that we talked about. I, that's the one that fell flat with me because it was like, oh, I'm going to die. That's nice. Who do I end up with?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I love that. (laughs) Fred and George, you had a lovely wedding.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You are very open about your alternative lifestyle. I'm like, now is not the appropriate time to be.
1: Well, that was a very concerning conversation because you don't tell someone you're going to end up with Ron because then there's no adventure to it. There's no risk because, hey, I can, you know, skip all of our dates because he'll still marry me because Harry said we were going to get together. I mean, that.
0: Yeah. See, Ron doesn't know that.
1: That's true, too.
0: Ron doesn't know, and I think Hermione is smart enough to realize that, you know, they're not ready yet. They need to go through this experience first.
1: No, but what I was just going to say after I said it, I was going to take it back, is that the timelines would diverge. So, obviously, Hermione didn't have that information the first time, so right. Hermione could still screw it up, I guess that's what I'm going for there.
0: And I actually just want to back up a little bit to talk about Harry and Ginny and how you were going on, like, you know, yep. this is not the same Ginny. It's not the same Harry, either which I think is is key. Like, it kind of is, but it's like he's different, you know? Yeah. Like, Harry this time reacts to things a lot differently than he did the first time around. And Ginny, you know, the same way. And I think the important thing is that you know, Ginny still just can read Harry. Ginny still cares about him deeply and Ginny still knows exactly what she needs to do in certain situations. Yeah. And I think that A, that's why, that's one of the reasons that I don't think Harry is a bagel. And... I also really do ship Harry and Ginny within the confines of the story. Well, I ship them anyway, but I ship them especially within the story because I think that, you know, they're different, but they're both different in many ways and in many ways the same. Yeah. So yeah. I, really, I like them together Well, they have to be.
8: I do, too. Yeah. Well, Don't get me started because I'll talk about Harry and Ginny and how much I love Harry and Ginny together. And I can talk
0: about I that. I love Harry and Ginny. I will talk about that with you for hours and hours or at least until I end up back in the dryer.
2: Oh no! The perfect weekly gonna be here while I get pulled over.
1: You're getting pulled over. You're getting pulled over.
2: Are you getting no. pulled over? He's looking. He's looking. No, no,
1: no. I Are you getting pulled over?
4: My, it's because of my tail light.
1: Oh god! Jen, oh
4: god! Damn get that thing.
1: You're getting pulled over. I am. Um... <laughs> Jen, leave the phone in fix. the seat. Leave the phone in the seat. What's no. <laughs> that speaker? She, now would be, t- be a time to tell you your breathing is very loud. The cop will hear it. <laughs> please,
2: please everyone, leave for my toe.
1: Everyone stay really quiet. Okay.
8: She gets pulled over more than anybody <laughs> I know.
1: You have to appreciate the fact that I was talking about the taillight in the beginning of the podcast and now it's the end of the podcast. It's like a little bookend. <laughs>
6: This is ridiculous. Why are we whispering? You told us to be quiet. Oh,
1: okay.
6: <laughs> You
2: guys are not helping. This is
6: kind of, <laughs> is
1: kind of boring because it's like an audio medium. and I'm telling everyone to be quiet, but still.
2: i swear, Why do they
4: always like, hey, for freaking ever? They're because running they're running into you the
1: plates.
2: computer. Yeah. I know he's Sitting there, like.
1: Thank God this wasn't she when she had that warrant for her arrest. For four
2: Seriously.
3: <laughs> Those were the days.
1: Those last week. Now I was
3: a convict, mm-hmm. felon.
8: Whatever. They're visiting so, Jen's place she, and they're finding out, out that she's been pulled over twenty-seven times story. in the last.
1: Jen, did you ever change your last name in your license? Jen. I think she put the phone down. I think if I yelled it really loud, she'd hear it.
0: Maybe. I want to hear the story that she was going to tell before you, like your Skype crashed.
1: What story was she starting to tell?
0: A oh. Julian and she story that began with so. There's a two hour drive from the airport to
1: my house.
3: Yeah, and uh, Let's just
1: keep our voices down so we can hear Jen. But keep going.
3: Okay. Well, if when when and if Jen starts talking, I'll stop talking. Okay. But um, something somehow. Julia brought up scathed again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I like completely lost it. <laughs> in a car, while driving, with Amanda in the back seat.
1: You became angry at the scathing?
0: <laughs> she did. She started raving about scathing while driving.
3: Yeah. I wanted her to get the full chi experience. and she Oh, did
0: I did got get tackle pounced too. I did get tackle pounced. <laughs> One minute I was reading, the next minute there was a chi on me. And I was like, oh, what's going on? It <laughs> <laughs> was actually a
1: Taco Pons. It really was. So wait, Hold on. Jen, any update? She literally put me down in the seat. That's so sad. That's <laughs> all you, you are to her, hear right? her, Just a
0: phone on the seat. I can't believe she, that didn't she didn't put us on speaker. She put it on speaker.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's midnight. I'm like, why Why are there chimes in here?
6: <laughs> it's like
1: clock. Oh, that's helpful. Oh, it's
3: 11 o'clock. Okay. Oh, are and y'all still there?
1: Mike. Yeah, like, oh. hold on here. What's happening?
2: <laughs> well, he's checking my license and registration. Did
1: you change your, um, your name and your license? I
4: did. <laughs> I can't get a ticket that way.
0: Okay. I hate
1: the, cops. That's how she got the ticket last month.
0: I'll hold on. We're having a different name on our license. I just want to
1: point out I was concerned in the second season of Perfect Weekly nothing big would happen. Jen's getting pulled over on the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is so much better than the Moaning Myrtles concert, but don't tell the Moaning Mortals oh, I no. said that. Oh, thank
6: you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, <there.
1: laughs> I can't believe you just got pulled over on the podcast. I know, it's I'm posting this in the forum. I'm breaking. This over. is a new,
0: a new high for a new high Egg Potter <laughs> <thing. Fake> Weekly. <laughs> can we can we award like twenty points to Ravenclaw for to Jen for keeping us
1: on the phone while she got pulled over? I'm doing it right now, and I'm doing. I can only do ten, but hang on.
0: Oh yeah, give ten.
3: I like how Ryan's the headmaster, and he like puts stop gaps in so that he can't go mad with power. I know. Like huggles Ten the house is gonna go pl- mad with well, power. Well, no, because yeah.
1: when I'm not here, Jen's in charge, and I don't want her going this. Ten points for <laughs> Jen. Jen just got pulled over
0: oh. <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, Ryan, are you recording this? I'm yes. driving yes. away. God. Trying to. Just,
2: just Jen, really I just gave ten points ability. to
1: Ravenclaw on your behalf.
2: Oh yay. Well, At least it wasn't a ticket. <laughs> yay! I'm so like elated right now.
3: <laughs> yay! I do believe that's the first time Ravenclaw has ever
0: gotten points. <laughs> oh, <the hell. laughs> so I also said, he goes, "You realize you're going thirty-four to 30. You got the lower. Oh come on! <laughs> no, I got the lower
6: for
2: the for the for the head lot and. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, officer, really. I didn't, I didn't realize it. And he was like, just watch it for
1: next time. We will cover these chapters again and include the final five. And then we will go into our interview with Viridian. Jen has been arrested on an episode of the Power of <laughs> Weekly for that, oh. I feel as though we just hit like, you know, some type of plateau we will never you know, <laughs> be able to get it's off.
6: It's of. not fair.
1: On that note, have a great night, everybody.
3: I just named the episode.
4: Bye.
6: Bye. <laughs> well, just be glad the fourth track was broke that day. Because you grabbed a guitar and I heard you say. That the top of the pops better get ready. For the new hit single. From the that goes from
8: Okay, I have to bring up something incredibly exciting. I can't stand it. I have
5: to hear it. I've got a map. I've got a map. Tell us. Of where everybody is. And it's got all the people on it. Look Look at the the colors. colors. They're, They're divided by
8: house. I sent Keza a care package. And in the package, I sent her a surprise. And the surprise was a big wall map of the United States. And on it, I marked all of the regular Pufuanians by house of where they lived that I could find.
9: Weren't we just talking about people knowing too much about us? Oh, dude, I give (laughs) out my address, my phone number. Like I said, all she has to do now is get the latitude and longitude and just hook up an ICBM and just shoot it right at us and we're done.
8: I mailed that box three weeks ago. It was supposed wow. to take six to 10
5: days.
9: Must have fell off the boomerang.
5: The people at Customs have given me a pamphlet. It says we've opened it for <laughs> inspection because we thought on the x ray that there was an item of concern. But we didn't take anything out. And here is a lovely pamphlet <laughs> of what you can mail to Australia because I need that. Maybe they thought it was weird that you had a map with locations
7: pointed. You know, like maybe they thought it was places you wanted to put a bomb. I don't oh, know.
6: It's got,
5: oh, it could have been the pin on the back of the St. Patrick's State badge thing. <laughs> Maybe they thought I was going to kill people with it. I don't know. <laughs> it could have been I've the goldfish. Maybe they thought they were real, you know, flora and fauna and all that. <laughs>
8: <laughs> no, it was the Hidden Valley Ranch dressing mix. That's what it was. Yeah,
7: probably.
5: You're gonna but make how make would that shop an extra thing? <gasps> I've got butterfingers. fingers. <laughs> So excited. Hey, I could win a big cash prize in American Idol.
10: <laughs> oh, yeah. See inside back. The you are not
5: American. I bet you anything. Must be a legal resident of the 50 USDC Puerto Rico. I don't qualify. I'm so depressed. You want to talk about the fic? We'll talk about the
9: fic. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to be responsible.
5: And you know whose name starts with an M? McGonagall. McGonagall, that's right. Minerva McGonagall. She's like M
8: squared.
10: She's also this <laughs> character in this strange story. I don't know if any of you've ever heard of it before. It's called... Uh, A
5: distinctly different banner of Finding Prince Charles. How did
10: you know that? By
5: Maya. So we need to introduce ourselves. We've introduced Minerva. Now we need to introduce ourselves.
10: Welcome to Peon Cast, everyone. This is your host, Ryan, back for another episode of Fun-Filled Adventure. Jen? Jen, do you have something to say?
7: Oh, hi, I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. <laughs> I'm
9: Bobcat Goldfleet. <laughs> let's do uh,
10: this.
7: Okay, let's do it right.
10: <laughs> Fine. Let's do it right. Welcome to PeonCast. I am your host, Mr. Michael.
7: I am PS. I'm Gen 2.
9: I'm Keza. And I'm Richard 1. <laughs> Richard 1. Uh.
7: I suppose I'm PS 1.
9: Actually, I had a PS 1 one time, but I sold it.
7: I, I only it. have a PS 2, and I'm not going to get a PS 3 until they stop making games for PS 2. <laughs> so they played a game in this fit. No. it's called Quidditch. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, they did play a yeah. game in this fit called Quidditch. Quidditch is a fun game that they all played in this fic. And
5: I
8: noticed
7: that Minerva is a raging bitch about it, too. (laughs) She hit Tommy in the head with a (laughs) gudger. But he deserved
5: it. He's Tommy. Who wouldn't hit Tommy in the head? Richard
9: didn't put together that he was Tom Riddle. I have to share that. Yeah, well, at least I knew what number 10 was, Mike.
5: I worked it out the first time they said it. Little Tommy, I worked it out. I'm smart. It took me a couple of... uh, times for them to
8: say corny and i'm like corny
7: <laughs> yeah it, it was corny i think that got yeah, that me one what took kind me a of while. freaking name is corny <laughs> that one took me a while corny is fudge <laughs> well i know i got that but after i started thinking about corny cornelius corny what? if your name's cornelius what do you what's your nickname gonna be well i realized that <laughs>
8: but
5: the whole time i just like who would call
7: a kid corny <laughs> i thought it
5: was a surname i thought it was a surname at first <laughs> corny didn't mean corny back then. Who knows what meant back then.
7: Well, Whatever know? it was, I felt bad for the kid. <laughs> <laughs> so you felt bad for Fudge. Look what fanfiction does to you.
9: So what did you guys think of it, though? Did you like it? I liked little Tommy doing the, uh, the Cruciatus Curse. I was very amused and happy with that. You would be Richard Yeah
5: that was a highlight I actually liked the writing style I've got a couple of bits highlighted that I really like. Just the way that the the humour comes across Nobody tended to approach Minerva Despite the fact she was undeniably attractive Apart from times like these When she wore an expression suggesting she'd swallowed a ruler
8: You know I highlighted that exact same passage
5: and then I've got another one, Rosemary and Poppy trailed very reluctantly after Minerva and Vivian to their first charms class. They seem to feel that watching Professor Flitwick being aggressively short was punishment too great for mortals to bear. For those who are just catching up with this, Professor Flitwick was coming and he was um, a star because he's a, a dueling champion and, and, of course, they've been completely let down totally by his height.
8: <laughs> well, I really liked the um, the references back and forth to canon. Yeah. there are a I lot of they- little digs, if you look at it, not digs, but there are a lot of little things, if you look at it, that directly refer back into canon.
5: Yeah, it's really well intertwined, I think, with all the people. And <laughs> there's a bit where Hagrid turns up.
8: I'm looking here, it's even, It's on the second page when they're saying, I wonder why he's not at the feast, and they're talking about Flitwick, you know, coming in, and I wonder if he's going to take this seriously, and if he plans to coast on his celebrity, and if he'll make us fail all our owls. That reminded me of, maybe not of Hermione, but it might have reminded me of something she would have said later, but of course, you know, to me that just tied in with Lockhart, and what Minerva might have been thinking
7: later on in her life with Lockhart.
5: Well, yeah, when you get to the end of the fic. And she does think it, the, la- the last scene is set in Yeah, when Lockhart turns up, and it's just uh, quite funny. <laughs> but she reminds, yeah, she's a bit Hermione-like. But here's the bit with Hagrid. Professor Flitwick was sitting beside one of the new first years, an immense child who Vivian thought must have swallowed a bottle of Skelligro in his youth. He was taller than Professor Dumbledore and could have picked up Professor Flitwick in one hand. <laughs> I just like the way these things are written and the images that, that it makes. There was one that really really cracked me up. <laughs> there was one
8: about Dumbledore that made I just laugh. And Professor Dumbledore just smiled and murmured something about how it was extraordinarily interesting that people would arrange things for someone if he simply seemed a little vague. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
10: <laughs> or like the bit where um, later on, when she's the angry commentator, and she's like screaming and screaming, and then Flitwick has a little comment like, "Well, it's important commentaries are bot, you know. Like, I think it's the canon dig you were talking about. Like, you wonder why yeah. he always
7: yeah. gets
10: on Lee Jordan, and you're like, "Oh, that's why." Yeah.
7: I like I like when stuff like that happens in past fics.
10: cuz you're a past fic person.
7: Well, I liked it because I always liked past fic because that's pretty much like if if I could afford to, there was enough of it, it would be pretty much all that I would read. So I did, I enjoy I all cuz I I always enjoy like a look into the characters before the canon and what was going on at Hogwarts in those years, so I did enjoy that.
9: But you guys can guess why I like the story. Why? Why? Well, at first, well, simply put, what I enjoyed most, and it was kind of different because it's not even a real main part of the story, was actually the stuff for Tom Riddle. Because at first I thought, hey, you know, this is completely, this is crap. You know, Tom Riddle will never be this way. But Mike's like, don't be stupid. This is before HPP. So I was like, oh, okay. So I put into that pre-HPP mindset, I really enjoyed the, um, the characterization a lot of the time for Tom Riddle about how he was sad about his past, and then everything that didn't go quite right for him. So. Yeah, because keep really in like mind, this part. is
10: written, it's either right before or right after Order of the Phoenix. So that, you know, what we see of Tom Riddle in the flashbacks in book six, she didn't have that to work with when she wrote this.
8: I don't know, but I caught—I found a lot of little things about Tom Riddle in this that I didn't find him very sympathetic at all.
10: Well, I didn't think he was sympathetic at all, personally. And was I reading it wrong? I always wonder when I read this if I'm... Just, but it sounds like when he gets with um, Vivian, was he using Legilimency on her?
5: Yeah, he was.
10: Oh, was that? that was what I thought, but I wasn't hundred percent sure.
5: Yeah, because all up, all up through it, they they turn him down the whole time, and then she's a little bit drunk, and he manages to get a hold of her, as it were. I, d- I don't think that she did that; would have done that willingly.
9: Yeah, that was my impression too. I'm not. I'm not trying to say he's a good character. I mean, a good person. He's an excellent character. He's not a good person by any shape of the word, but it fleshes it out a little bit and it makes him that much more interesting. Well, I, it's it like sense. he's a person. There's
5: a bit that I highlighted where he's talking to Corny <laughs> <laughs> that I that felt, thought was really interesting. Minerva smiling at Flitwick, I think, and it says anyway. It starts. That was when Vivian saw the smile, which is McGonagall's. It recurred until she got used to it, and the boys in school seemed attracted to it. Combined with the black swishing hair and the green eyes, she set off with her new emerald green accessories she was asked to hogsmead quite a lot that year she might have been asked more but as it turned out tommy's glares were effective and intimidating It hardly mattered since she turned them all down cold and continued to scorn Tommy absolutely. I don't know why she won't give me a chance, Vivian heard poor Tommy say angrily once. I don't know either, Corny agreed. I mean, you've got a tremendous air of authority and charisma and and very nice eyes. Tommy shoved him. Don't talk to me like that. You know it disturbs me. Yes, Tommy, said Corny. Sorry, Tommy. It's all right, Tommy announced in a brooding voice. (laughs) I'm used to rejection. (laughs) And it just made me laugh because it was a perfect characterization of Cornelius doing the whole sucking up thing. It goes on just a little bit, more and he's
8: like and cornelius goes oh well i didn't mean to judge well i you know that if your father looked like you he must have been a very handsome man corny tommy explained warningly, we're back to the bad place sorry tommy sorry we don't like the bad place it won't mm-hmm. happen again <laughs> you know to me i just like had had cornelius's gay written all over it
5: you know i was like yeah <laughs> But that's a real... You it can really see their their characters there, where, where he's like, we don't like the bad place <laughs> and, and, and that's what... It's like the fleshing out. You, you can really sort of see them into interacting and stuff.
10: I don't know if it's intentional, but I also kind of thought I saw an attempt to parallel... Tommy with Harry a little bit, in the sense that the bit with the Christmas presents, where he's talking about yes. uh, never getting Christmas presents. I had that highlighted. I, immediately popped in my head was uh, mm-hmm. Harry Potter. I don't know. If, if you have it highlighted, you could read it maybe. So I, I have, have
8: it highlighted. Yeah. Christmas was quiet and nice. Professor Flitwick gave every student a present chosen specially for them. And Vivian almost cried over her mug. Muggle Abacus. Thank you so much, Tommy said, clutching his book on unicorns and looking almost lost for words for once. No one's ever given me a Christmas present before. Well, and then I thought it was interesting that he got a book on unicorns. Which then I thought, ugh, that filthy little boy got yeah. a book on unicorns from
10: oh, Professor Oh, I didn't That's even put that together. Oh where my he God, got it right. from.
8: <laughs> That's why I had it highlighted. I'm like, that filthy little boy got his first Christmas present and he used it for... Evil. He used it to learn about unicorns so he could suck their blood. <laughs>
10: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'll just say something in general about Maya, maybe. She's one of my favorite authors. I would recommend any of her stories to anyone personally. This isn't, I mean, I like this story a lot, but this isn't even one of her better ones.
8: The only thing that really squicked me, <laughs> and Mike is going to laugh about this <laughs> because, you know, we've been around some of my little idealisms before, is just the whole student teacher thing. Mm. And it was, you know.
10: I do think it's very clear that they don't get. Together until after she graduated.
8: Well, and, and Phileas was pretty clueless, so that's the one thing that did <laughs> you know, that made it okay for me. There was one thing about Minerva that Still I really creepy, liked in the story because she's so uptight in canon at times. You see her at times when you think, you know, she's she's really cool. You know, you see little glimpses of her where she's not quite so straight laced. But in this she's just so in your face. <sighs> You know, calling people toe rags and telling people she'd rather eat her lower intestine. You don't imagine her being like that at all. And so her just being such a raving witch, literally, I thought was kind of just hilarious.
7: I think that's that's kind of one of the things that bothered me. Yeah, well, you had a character to, to, for humorous purposes, and I don't really See, I disagree with, with, with you, that. actually.
10: I think it was one of the strengths of the story, because I compare it to actually what J.K. did to Dumbledore in Book 7. Is that people like Dumbledore and Minerva, when we read them in the books, at first they kind of seem like these like wise older people who have always been old. And they're kind of... Dumbledore's the elderly kind, grandfather always, and Minerva's the strict, proper English matron always. But they were young once. They were, you know, they weren't always like this. And so, you know, book seven, we see Dumbledore, while he was totally different as a kid. Same thing with Minerva in this story.
5: I think McGonagall actually does have quite a sense of humor, though. Like when she tells Peeves how to unscrew the chandelier and... There's, and when she's talking to Umbridge in the office, when Umbridge is coughing and she ignores her. And, and, and when Harry's sent there on like the first day and she listens to the whole thing. And then she says, have a biscuit Potter. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think she's actually got quite a <laughs> sense of humor. I I see echoes I found it quite believable.
10: of the Canon Minerva in this Minerva. Like I, I can see how this girl grew up into the woman we know in the books.
5: Anything else?
10: I don't, I don't know. Thoughts on it from anyone. You all? Liked it. i liked Sounds it like. it was a
8: good fic it was a good read you would want
10: to read something else of hers sometime
8: we want to read something else of maya's we will trust me
7: our next fic is open at the close by dq bunny and there will be a link thanks for listening
8: to peoncast this week good night good luck live safely good
7: night
5: good night Old He's found the box. He's inspecting it.
9: Old the box. box, box, box. He's the box. He's
5: the in box. inspecting
2: it. I wondered when I see. He's oh, oh. the box.
5: Game's <laughs> <His laughs> <box. His laughs> <inspected. laughs> <laughs> over.
4: We're superstars on the reproductive scale. There's seven children, six of them are male. Bill, Charlie, Fred, and George, Ron, and Jenny. Percy is still my son, but he's a total ninny. It all comes down to love, and that's what keeps me here with you. With you by my side, I'm ready to fight you-know-who. For now, let's forget the world and have a romantic dinner. And smile remembering the days when I was dinner. <laughs> Molly Wobbles yeah, is what you call me when we're alone together. Molly Wobbles when you say it. I know you'll be in mine forever. You may not be the minister of magic, but you're quite happy with your simple muggle gadget. Fellas loved with you way back in school. Sneaking around, you probably broke every rule it all comes down to love and that's what keeps me here with you with you by my side i'm ready to fight you know who thank god harry dreamed of your snake attack i would have died knowing i'd never have you back Molly Wobbles is what you call me when we're all (laughs) alone together. Molly Wobbles, when you say it, I know you'll be mine forever. This is,
6: the it. like, whoa, 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 whoa. this is the strangest episode
1: This is the strangest episode Perfect Weekly has ever had, and I want you to all think about that statement for a moment.
0: That that is saying
6: a lot. Do I have